Hey, Roger, how are you, sir? Sorry, we we, had, we were in the middle of another interview, so we missed, uh, we, we kind of missed your phone call that you went through. Ladies and gentlemen, first off, round of applause, Roger yeah, Stone on the phone. You. Jesus, Christmas, people. All right, so, Roger, first question, because I know you're a very, very busy man. Uh, what's it like to wake up at 5.30 in the morning by a SWAT team? I have to ask this, because it, it, it looked a horrible, and CNN, who got there before the SWAT team somehow. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 amazing. I mean, recognizing that I am charged with nonviolent process crimes, that I have no previous criminal record, that I do not own a valid passport, nor do I own a gun, uh, and the idea that I would be a flight risk is disproved by the fact that the magistrate gave me bail on my signature. Essentially, uh, this was the kind of thing you'd expect in Nazi Germany or. Soviet Russia. Uh, it's hard to understand why the government spent a half million dollars to send more men after me, men and women, than they sent after bin Laden. <laughs> that, I, I was wondering, because what exactly are you like? Because you, according to what I've read and seen, you technically have done nothing wrong. Am I correct here at, at making this astounding thing? This, this, you haven't done anything. Have you? Well, I, I have been I've been charged with a series of process crimes, including um, allegedly uh, being less than truthful to Congress. Of course, they don't charge Hillary Clinton with that, or <laughs> James Clapper, or, or Andrew McCabe, or James Comey, or Huma Abedin, or any of the other Democrats who lied about consequential things, uh, material things. Uh, but I pled not guilty to all charges, and I will go to trial pleading not guilty, uh, and I will be ultimately be vindicated. I'm being persecuted because I supported Donald Trump and because I opposed Hillary Clinton and for really no other reason. Well, that's why I, that's why hashtag uh, stand with Stone is something that like I wanted to start because I don't see this as any other thing other than the fact of it's a political attack. Because you are associated with the President of the United States, and because of that reason, they are going after you. I mean, that's just to dumb it down for everyone playing at home. I don't see what exactly, other than that, is any reason to go to your house. First off, CNN being there prior is kind of like a little, little, little hingy that CNN is there before the SWAT team. As if they were, I don't know, tipped off. They drove fast. Yeah, they got there first. They did lights and sirens first. They just had Hillary, you know, out of the window going, instead of a siren. They get there first. They now go into your house. Now, your wife uh, is is, uh, hearing disabled. Am I correct? Yes. So um, the way this went down is um, CNN showed up 40 minutes before the FBI. That, they Holy set up shit. their they set up their camera seven minutes before the FBI strike force pulled onto my street. Uh, a CNN reporter sent a copy of the indictment to my lawyer by text. He had not yet been informed, but that copy turns out to be not the copy unsealed by the court at six o'clock, but a draft copy that appears to have been written the previous day. So, uh, and leaking, of course, to the media by the special counsel or the FBI would be a crime, would be a felony. But 
if you believe CNN, they were just operating on a hunch. <laughs> the fact that the producer on the ground outside my house was a guy named Josh Campbell, former special assistant FBI director James Comey. So, yeah, it stinks pretty bad. Uh, and, of course, um, they, the special counsel's office knows that I am represented by an attorney. All they had to do was contact one of my attorneys, and I would have obviously turned myself in. Yeah. Uh, but they, they're trying to poison the jury pool. They want to make me look guilty before I've had a chance to prove my innocence. And now, as I'm sure you've read, the judge in this case is considering gagging me, uh, ordering me not to discuss or defend myself in public uh, because it might poison the jury pool. When, of course, two years of insidious leaks about me uh, have done exactly that. Just to be absolutely clear, yeah. I am not charged with Russian collusion. I'm not charged with collaboration with WikiLeaks. I'm not charged with receiving advance notice or content or source of any of the WikiLeaks disclosures, either allegedly hacked emails or allegedly stolen emails. Now, I'm not charged with any of those crimes, although you wouldn't know it if you read the New York Times or the Washington Post coverage. Well, that's what I'm saying. They paint you out to be something else. And if anything, by doing this, I don't see how this would poison a jury pool because it may, they, if I'm, look, I'm dumb as a rock when it comes to this kind of stuff. I, I mean, I know the ins and outs of some political stuff, but I can clearly see that right now they got nothing other than your association with Trump and maybe your Nixon tattoo, maybe they don't like it. Other than that, yeah, cause it, it's possible because I'm, you know, I'm the only guy with a dick on the front and the back. Hi -oh. But the, the point, the point, of course, is that um, uh, now they want to gag me because they know if I'm allowed to speak, perhaps I can raise the money for my legal defense. Exactly. Recognize the government has unlimited tax dollars and a, three platoons of Ivy League lawyers to prosecute me. Whereas I can have to go to the American people through my website, stonedefensefund.com, to try to raise the two million bucks I need to try to stay out of jail. If I were convicted on all of these nonviolent political crimes, I would be going away for 45 years. I'm 66 years old. But on top of that, rousting my 71-year-old wife, who's deaf, uh, you know, at, at gunpoint at six o'clock in the morning. And making her walk out on the street in a nightgown and barefooted while I'm standing next to her handcuffed uh, so CNN can film it, I think that's cruel and unusual, frankly. And it doesn't make any sense. This is what I'm saying. First off, a gag order doesn't make sense in this kind of a case because why would you not be allowed to talk about what you believe is either a conspiracy or what you believe is the the opposite of what they believe you should be able to speak your mind also that's your bread and butter that's how roger stone makes his money people give a shit about what you have to say that's what you do so essentially putting a gag order on you seems a little bit like a personal attack and nothing more it just seems it doesn't make any sense logically you your job as an author as a, a guy that writes a best dress list uh, a guy that has a dick on the front and a dick on the back. By the way, great joke. The fact is, it doesn't make any sense other than being a personal attack. So, that being said, if they were to actually... Thank God, by the way, you didn't get the gag order or we wouldn't be doing this interview right now. 
Um, because I know that they were trying. You were on with Jim and Sam on Sirius XM. I know that much. Uh, Channel 103, by the way, Faction Talk. Check it out. Uh, but they, you know, that was might have been the last interview. But then now you're on what the judge is calling a media tour. They're like, oh, Mr. Stone, it's not a media tour. But meanwhile, why would you, it's not a media tour? You're just going show to show trying to defend yourself. I mean, do I see, am I seeing this wrong? And people want answers. No, I think you're, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's the government who's been conducting a media tour because for two years I have had to read every other day, Daily Beast, Newsweek, HuffPo, Washington Post, New York Times, yeah. Uh, Wall Street Journal. Roger Stone's been colluding with the Russians. No, I haven't. Roger Stone's being investigated for being the intermediary between the Trump campaign and WikiLeaks. False. I'm not charged with that. There's no evidence or proof of that because it's not true. So the government leaks like a sieve to try to destroy me and discredit me. Yet when I try to step forward and defend myself, why, oh, that's dangerous. It might taint the jury pool. They're already tainting the jury pool. They tainted the jury pool in the manner in which I was arrested. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not El Chapo. I'm not Pablo Escobar. No, you're Uh, better-looking. Believe me, they had a lot fewer men guarding our consulate in Benghazi than they used to take me down. No, and they're like, all right, so we have, like, Jerry in the Facebook Live suite who's saying they want to gag him because he's making a fucking circus out of this. However, I'm going to reiterate the point, because I know that Joe answered him already and saying that, you know, there's no facts, it's just bullshit. But I'm going to reiterate the point. If I was accused of something, you would literally have to gag me. Not put a gag order on me. I'm saying go out, go buy a fucking ball gag. You can probably find it in Nancy Pelosi's house. Go find a fucking ball gag and put it in my mouth because I would defend myself tooth and nail which is what Roger Stone is doing. That's all he's doing. He's defending himself. If you're telling him he's wrong, that he did this X, Y, and Z, and he's saying, no, I fucking didn't, and they have nothing that really links him to anything, he's already given the emails. He's given the text messages. Yeah. Did he have a text message or or an email? I forgot what it was, Roger, where you called some guy a cocksucker. Yeah, but he freely admits that he said it. (laughs) It's not like he's making shit up. He's not like, he wasn't like, if you ask, here, here's the, the way you can look at it from this perspective. People were listening to Tom Arnold that Roger Stone was a fucking, it, the moment we listen to Roger Stone less than Tom Arnold, I have a fucking problem and it smells a little bit like collusion to me. Yeah, yeah, no, you make it. It's really, though, at the end of the day, it's really about the money. Because if I can raise the money to defend myself, they have a very weak case and they know it. Uh, So by gagging me, I can't tell people, you know, that I'm that I have a legal defense fund. Every penny goes to the lawyers. It's not going in my pocket and it's going to cost me two million bucks. Plus, I got to go to trial in the District of Columbia, voted 90 percent for Hillary Clinton. The judge is an Obama appointee. Uh, you know, it, 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 I don't even have a fighting chance if I can't speak. And my First Amendment rights allow me to speak. So, um, look, I, I have not I've gone out of my way not to try to litigate the case on a radio show because it's too complicated and takes too long. But Absolutely. Recognize the government in discovery dumped on us three terabytes of data. That's 750 million pages 
I have four lawyers. If each lawyer read 150,000 pages a day, I still wouldn't be ready to go to trial by January 1st of next year. Uh, Which means, of course, that they have been reading my emails, reading my text messages, listening to my phone calls for two years. And where's the Russian collusion? Where's the WikiLeaks collaboration? Where's uh, any crime in connection with the 2016 election? Everything I'm accused of allegedly happened in 2017 after the election was over. So, uh, look, I face an epic uphill battle. But I'm Italian-American. I'm half Italian, half Hungarian. I'm Italian go. from the waist down. Uh, and, I, and I have no intention of, you know, making up stories about Donald Trump or bearing false witness against Donald Trump to get the heat off me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to make stuff up. I'm going to fight if yeah. people have my back. And, and Roger Stone has freely gone on record. By the way, we're talking to Roger Stone which is an amazing thing going on. You can uh, help his legal defense fund. Uh, Roger, tell him where to go. Stonedefensefund.com. There you go. Stonedefensefund.com. Now, when I was arrested, I was wearing a T-shirt and a pair of cut-off sweatpants. And my T-shirt said, Roger Stone did nothing wrong. <laughs> uh, you can get those. You can get those at 1776.shop. 1776.shop. The money goes 100% to my legal defense fund. So if you want to pick up your T-shirt and wear it in solidarity, um, you know, as Ann Coulter is doing, as my friend Milo is doing, as Pastor Mark Burns many other conservatives are doing, I'd be honored. But stonedefensefund.com, or you can go to whoframedrogerstone.com, takes you to the same place. All right, so what? So what exactly? By the way, did you think? Because you obviously, I know you watched it. State of the Union last night. It was on every TV set from here to Timbuktu. I know you definitely have watched it. What did Roger Stone think of the State uh, of the I Union? I actually thought it was. I thought it was masterful. I thought it was Reagan esque. It was upbeat. It was conciliatory, but still, the president didn't concede any ground. He made a very strong case as to why we need to secure our southern border. But where he really scored is on the question of jobs. I mean, 4.8 million new jobs since he got in, half million manufacturing jobs. Those are the ones they said were never coming back. Uh, Wage growth at the fastest pace in American history. Uh, uh, The lowest unemployment since 1969. The lowest unemployment among African-Americans and Hispanics in the country's history. I mean, that's a success record any way you slice it. And the only person who seemed unhappy about it was Leatherface. I mean, uh, it was, uh, 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 what's her name? Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi yeah. Leatherface. From the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you might have remembered her from such films as I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker. Um, the uh, Nancy Pelosi, by the way, I, I said this the other day, she looked like she was like happy that she was invited to the party, and then she found out that it was a party for the guy at work that she hates. That was her whole face throughout the whole thing. She's going over the script. She's going over everything. First of all, I thought that was kind of rude for you to be fumbling, you know, fumbling through paperwork during the State of the Union. Shut up and sit there. Let them talk. If you don't agree with them, don't stand up. It's very simple. I mean, like, look, I'm not a big Trump mark, but that man, I have to say, last night commanded the room. He had laugh breaks. They were singing happy birthday to a Holocaust survivor. He got chicks to stand up that were against him, but they gave him a standing O anyway. He he worked the room. 
I mean, this is what we have to realize. We can't just attack guys like Roger Stone because we have a difference of opinion. You know what I mean? You have to work together or we're not going to get anything done, which I think was the subtext of the whole goddamn speech. We need to work together. Well, well, watching those women wearing white, I haven't seen that many Democrats wearing white since they formed the KKK. <laughs> I was just about to say they were missing their hoods. You're absolutely correct. Um, uh, James in the Facebook Live suite uh, said, uh, Roger should have used bleach, used the bleach bit and acid wash his hard drives and use a hammer like and on all his cell phones like somebody else, wink, wink, Hillary did. So, I mean, I'm just saying. Well, unfortunately, I made the mistake of using the bleach on my hair. So, anyway. Did you see, by the way, did you see Marley Matlin posting a picture of you at the salon yesterday? Yeah, I did. I wonder what she thought of the FBI rousting my 71-year-old hearing-impaired deaf wife at gunpoint at 6 o'clock in the morning. Marley, how'd you feel about that? That's what I was saying. I was literally thought of that when I saw the picture of Marley Matlin who is literally the poster girl for deaf actresses and deaf people everywhere. Because when you think deaf and you think Hollywood, you go right to Marley Matlin or you think of the chick from Sesame Street. Remember the chick from Sesame Street, Billy? No, I The one that, you know, she had the short hair and she she couldn't hear anything. Couldn't hear a damn thing. Those are the only two I can think of. And she's mocking Roger in a salon who was getting his hair done because, you know, the guy's got to be on TV. That's what he does. He also maybe wants to get a haircut. <laughs> Crazy fucking guy he is. Wants to get a haircut. She's mocking him in the thing, and you're like, but you would think that you would give a shit. He has a deaf wife. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you would think that like, you don't know anything other than the fact that you think he's working with Trump and he's in Trump's back pocket or whatever the fuck everyone thinks. And that's it. It's like, that's all they think of. They don't like him. And it's like, we get it. You don't like Trump, but you can't pick on everyone else that might like Trump. Who the fuck cares? Joe on this show loves Trump. I don't give a fuck. I don't care if he's, you know, he likes Trump. He's allowed to like Trump. He's allowed to like Trump. It's okay. We live in a world where you're allowed to like Trump. What, Joe? I am right. You are right. That's fine. He believes he's right, Roger. I can't do anything about him. I'm sorry. Uh, But, yeah, there is crazy people in the world, Roger. It just happens. Um... I just, to me, well, like, I just, I literally just posted that response on my Instagram account a few minutes ago. I mean, she's an advocate yeah. for the death. What about the abuse of my wife? I mean, she's not charged with any crime. Yeah, right. she's not allowed to touch her cell phone. They, twenty nine agents pour into my house. They tear the entire place up. Now, to their credit, they tried to put it back together, but, and I'd have to say, the individual FBI agents, once I was taken in custody, they were very professional and very courteous. And I got to tell you. Many of them were looking at me and rolling their eyes. They didn't like these orders. They knew they came from Washington. They knew it was unnecessary. But did None they, of them said did, that, but you could tell by their demeanor. Roger, Some did very they good think men they, and women were forced to do this. But did they it, think you were going to run? It's really inappropriate. I'm trying to understand it. They, did they think you were going to run? What was the point of the, the 5.30 a.m. wake-up call with a full SWAT team, tanks, Ocho Cinco, your neighbor on freaking Twitter, writing... You know, there's like 32,000 squad cars on the block. You know, I'm like, what was the fucking point? Other than by showing, you're showing, like, the, the the use of force. We Like, we can assemble all these people to stop this guy. What was the actual point? That's what I'm saying. If you actually to, look. To, 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 to try to make me appear to be public enemy number one to taint the jury pool. Look, 17 vehicles, including two armored vehicles. A helicopter overhead. I live on a canal. 
two amphibious FBI units on on the water. He was going to swim for it. Completely surrounded by twenty nine agents, all wearing night goggles, all carrying, uh, you know, assault weapons, all carrying sidearms. A little over the top, wouldn't you say? I'm sixty six years old now. I'm in pretty good shape, but I don't own a valid passport. Uh, I don't have a gun. I'm not a flight risk. I've been under investigation for two years. If I were going to destroy evidence, which I have not done, why would I wait till last Friday? It doesn't even make sense other than Robert Mueller and his, uh, you know, cohorts wanting to flex their muscle in an attempt just to intimidate me, but also to color me for the American people as some kind of criminal when I have not yet gone to trial. And there's no proof of that. It, It really is. It really is despicable. And the liberals who are cheering today, just remember, this can happen to you. Right. See, they're cheering when it happens to you. And, and that's what I'm saying. I'm watching a guy that ha- literally has done nothing yet. That we, there's no evidence of anything. If you like, if you said, "Okay, we got pictures of Roger Stone punching babies," there you go. You got evidence on something, something, right. anything, and any, you something. You got nothing. And he wasn't going to jump in the canal and try to make you know swim for it and leave his you know and no offense leave, leave your deaf wife. wife sitting there and your house was all destroyed like what the fuck is anyone thinking anymore other than the fact that they don't like you know and he's not Roger Stone this guy on the phone right now author of Stone's Rules you can get the book right now by the way as well buy the book give, give him some more money he needs money you you would think. He's already gone on the record as saying he's not going to go against Trump in the way he's not going to lie. You're not going to testify against the president. Am I correct, Roger? That's what you said? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to be Michael Cohen. In other words, I could probably get out of this jam. All I got to do is lie about Donald Trump. All I got to do is make stuff up. uh, But I'm not going to do that. Just not going to do it. It's not in my DNA. I don't know of any Russian collusion. I don't know of anything the president's done that's inappropriate or wrong. Uh, well, his ties are a little too long. But other than that, <laughs> have you have they come? Here's here's a question. I don't know if you can actually answer it legal wise, but have they tried to cut a deal with you already? I, I can't address any of that uh, right. at this time. Uh, but uh, I've made it pretty clear that I'm going to tell the truth no matter what. I will tell the truth and I will not perjure myself. I didn't perjure myself in front of Congress. Now, I did say about Congressman Adam Schiff, if it's Schiff, flush it. (laughs) I mean, that guy is a one-man Schiff storm of disinformation. He's so full of Schiff, his eyes are brown. Uh, I mean, he's the greatest huckster, the greatest con man, the biggest Popeye freak I've ever seen in American politics. I mean, he makes Tricky Dick Nixon look like St. Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing about Roger that you got to love, he, 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 I mean, mine, if he had the money part down pat, like if he had the money and he knew that financially he could afford to do battle against these guys, he relishes this. He was the youngest person, right? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Roger. When when they went after Nixon, right, during the Watergate yep. stuff, you were the youngest person ever to be called to, get to the grand jury. Am I correct? That is correct. I was 19 years old. I didn't do anything wrong there either. So, um, no, I'm being persecuted because I was for Trump, because yeah. I happened to be a libertarian Republican. 
That's why I'm being persecuted. Uh, I got to raise the dough. I need people to go to stonedefensefund.com. Uh, $2 million is a lot of money in small donations, but uh, a lot of people praying for me, a lot of people giving. If the money's there, I will fight. Uh, I'm not going to plead guilty no matter what, but I, I need lawyers, and lawyers ain't cheap. Right, I'm no. going gonna, gonna, to now, this is going to be the most dangerous part of this because I, I know we have to finish up. I want to see anybody in the room have a question for Roger Stone. Does anybody want to ask Roger anything? I'm being really nice right now and not pissing off Roger Stone and letting anybody in the room. You want to ask a question? All right. Well, good night. Everyone start grabbing mics and then they start pushing them away. So I don't know what's going on. Wait, you got you want a question? Wait, wait. Do you, do you really want to ask a question? All right, get on, get on Joe's mic. I'll put you on uh, six. Get on six. Uh, this guy, Roger. Let me introduce you to bisexual Marcus. Bisexual Marcus. This is Roger Stone. Go ahead, bisexual Marcus. How you doing, Rog? Excellent. All right. Um, I, I, I guess, I, 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 after hearing what you have to say, I, I gotta say that I could, I could relate a lot to what you're, to what you're saying being like falsely accused of of a, of a lot of of a lot of shit and me being me being like I'm 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 not a I'm not a democrat I'm not even a republican I'm more centrist but it's like I I could absolutely agree with what you're saying and it almost seems like they're trying to force this gag order on you so that you can't defend yourself and I think to me that is to me that's unconstitutional yeah so it's like I mean I mean, I don't know. I don't know what is what in terms of like this case, but it's like if you if you didn't do it, I'd say you. you th- there's no reason why you shouldn't. Is there why- a question in here at some point? It's, I'm compliment. Can I- Roger Stone is on the phone. I, I'm, uh, He's a very busy man. I, I get it. For Christ's sake, I know. The, the point of the point of this whole thing is just I, I I hope you do continue to fight and I hope they don't fucking silence you. There you go. Well, I, I appreciate that, boys. I've got a steak and a martini that somebody else is paying for, waiting for me. Very nice. So, uh, and I'm a man who needs a free meal these days. All right, round so of applause. I appreciate being with you. I'm happy to come back if the judge does not gag me. Absolutely. Anytime uh, you're not gagged. Many thanks. All right, Roger Stone. Stone. Uh, what's uh, Roger? You still there for one second? Yes, StoneDefenseFund.com. StoneDefenseFund.com. And and 1776.store, right? Shop. Shop. 1776.shop to get your Roger Stone did nothing wrong t-shirt. There you go. Round of applause for Roger Stone. Okay. There you go, Roger. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys. There you go. All right. So, good luck, Stone. I open, I literally opened the mic. For for uh, bisexual Marcus, and he's like, I like you. I don't know what you did, but you're getting a- you. You blabbered a little. There was a little bit of blabbering. Wait, get on mic sick if you want to yell at us from across the room. Yeah, you, yeah, yo, yo, fuck. I was saying I could relate to the man. Excuse she me. Was giving Excuse me. Not in front of JoJo Bananas. This, use your fucking language like that in front of JoJo Bananas. I'm, I'm sorry. How are you, Roger? How are you doing? Uh, all things being equal, I'm pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. You, I mean, come on. Even if you are going through a bad spell in your life right now, let's just face it, you don't look bad when you do it, sir. And you know that. Well, that's, of course, uh, you know, grace under pressure is the key. And as most people know, I'm facing a seven-count criminal indictment from <laughs> Special Counsel Robert Mueller. 
Um, I have pled not guilty. Uh, I'm going to trial this November. Uh, it's virtually bankrupted me, uh, but I'm looking forward to my day in court. Um, I'm going to make a vigorous case for my innocence, and I believe in the end I will be acquitted. But the best part about it, in all honesty, is literally millions of people are supporting me in my quest for vindication. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in excellent spirits. Well, part of the Roger Stone Legal uh, Defense Fund, you can go to uh, Stone Cold. No, you can't because that's the wrong fucking thing. You go to Stone Defense Fund. Don't go there. Don't go to Stone Cold Defense Fund because then Steve Austin makes more money. Don't do that. That's go, exactly right. Exactly right. You want to go to StoneDefenseFund.com, right, Roger? That is correct. Now, if you want to read what I have written, you can go to StoneColdTruth.com. Yes. But if you want to give me a contribution, and no amount is too big or too small. And here's the cool part. It's also totally confidential. There's no legal requirement to report this. So if you want to send me $10 million tomorrow, you could. Feel free. Uh, a disclaimer. I don't take money from foreign nationals. You must be a U.S. citizen. Okay. So if you have an accent... Stop writing the check. That's right. Is what we're saying right now. You must be... Uh, Unless it's kind of a phony French accent, in which case I'll take your money as long as you're a U.S. citizen. Sacre bleu! Oui! <laughs> Sacre bleu! Sacre bleu! So if, if you're doing like a Pepe Le Pew thing, but you're a U.S. citizen, I'll still mm. take the money. There you go. com. If you smell like a skunk, you'll still take your money, which is <laughs> always a plus. Um, from so you, you, you've been going through a lot of stuff. We understand that, but I know you, uh, you just did a, uh, some event, right? In, uh, Memphis, uh, at the pony, uh, Jerry Westerland, uh, did uh, an event, right? Uh, tell me about that. Cause I heard good things. I'm hearing good things about this event. Well, first of all, Jerry Westerland is really a patriot and a major advocate for free speech and free expression. Uh, he is an old former Republican, libertarian, political operative himself back in the day. Now he has built a small empire of gentlemen's clubs across the country. Uh, and it was a great evening. First of all, it's a great club, great people. And it's kind of funny. I went from speaking to the prestigious Oxford Political Union in London a year ago to speaking at The Pony, a gentleman's club <laughs> in Memphis, Tennessee, and I had more fun at the Pony, i got to be honest with you. I am not shocked. I mean, Oxford, way less clothes. It's very weird. The Pony, more clothes. It's a weird thing to well, say. And, I, and I, was, I was signing autographs. I signed one woman's derriere. That definitely did not happen at Oxford. I God bless you, Roger. <laughs> Doing the Lord's work. Doing the Lord's work. It was funny because when he, he didn't use the O in Roger. Ooh. He used her balloon knot. It said R, balloon, not G-E-R, stone. It was very nice. He was very artistic. Good job. Um, the, I, I did want to ask you a political question. Uh, what do you think about Sarah Sanders, Saunders, uh, take, you know, leaving her position? And we're hearing that she's going into some kind of uh, political outfit. She's going to be roving, yeah, running for governor or something, right? Well, remember, her father was the governor of Arkansas. She comes from a political family. She's battle-tested to say... Police. Nobody ever put Jim Acosta down better than she did. I mean, he's a twerp to begin with. Not in any way can be considered a journalist, just kind of a loudmouth showboater. And she put him in her face, in his place, just repeatedly. That is the toughest job in the world. Uh, and she did it with grace. It's not easy to 
speak for a president who, frankly, likes to speak for himself. Yeah. Uh, I thought she did an amazing job, and my guess is she's probably a strong candidate to go back to Arkansas uh, and to win the governorship. So um, I'm a big fan. I've always been a big fan. Remember, she kind of got that job by default when her boss, Sean Spicer, who is, by the way, a douchebag, um, <laughs> but he got forced out, and she was the first deputy. And, of course, they put a search on while she had the job on a temporary basis. Mm-hmm. And, frankly, she was so good on a temporary basis that the president decided to ask her to stay. Yeah. I don't ever happen to Spicer. I, I think he waited on me at a Waffle House about two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, wasn't he? He was looking for a fight the last time I checked. Yeah, He's so. definitely looking for it. Wasn't um, he on Celebrity Big Brother or I something? Oh, no, that was Scaramucci. Yeah, Scaramucci. <laughs> Poor right. Scaramucci. Scaramucci, what was he yeah, two weeks? What was his job? He was there for like only two ten, weeks. Ten, ten days, ten the days. mooch, ten days. The mooch. Very nice guy, very nice guy, needs to be in some other business other than politics. Now, all right, speaking of politics, since we're on the thing, and I want to pick your brain because you do have a very good political uh, <clears throat> cranium, and you also know this kind of business is circus inside and out. Uh, with the 2020, uh, you know, presidential election going to be, you know, it's coming up real soon. People don't think it is, but it is. Do you think right now that the Democrats have anybody that could actually compete against Trump to take the title? Do you, I mean, do they have anything? Because I, the way I look at it, Biden is tainted right now because automatically he's just a creepy toucher now. Uh, you got Bernie who's automatically tainted because he's 90,000 years old. And people don't want to be, you know, they're like, ah, he's too old to be in office. And all this great stuff. And besides it being his nose, he's like a fart in the wind. And he's, you know, what are you going to do? But, like, I don't see there being a strong runner to take on Trump. Because, let's face it, Trump will cut you down to size real fast, no matter what it is. Whether you like him or you hate him, he will cut you down. So do you think that there's anybody out there that could beat him? I don't see the candidate in this field, um, but I, I do. I would relish a race against Joe Biden. I mean, talk about a guy with no self-awareness, a guy who literally can't see himself. He has no idea that he comes across as a loudmouth, <clears throat> pompous, blowhard asshole. Yeah. He has no idea. Uh, he doesn't have any idea what he's talking about. He can barely string together a comprehensive sentence. Uh, but more importantly, and I think it's key that people know this, he is the guy who wrote the laws that turbocharged the war on drugs, meaning he is responsible for the harsh mandatory penalties that incarcerated millions of young black men and women for the first time nonviolent crime of possession of small amounts of drugs for personal use. He's a racist. He stands by that form of racism. Uh, He got his career opposing the integration of the Wilmington, Delaware schools. His son, the late Bo Biden, Attorney General of Delaware, systematically failed to investigate the systematic lynching of black men in the southern part of the state, a massive cover-up. So when Joe Biden announced his candidacy and said he was running because of the rise of white supremacy, he's absolutely right. He is the white supremacist. Look at his record. So you're saying automatically, besides the creepy touching, automatically that Joe Biden would be not voted for by black you know, voters 
who are out there because, you know, he has a history. So right there, okay, so we take Biden out. Who's left? Well, I guess uh, let me make one other point, which is uh, it's Donald Trump who, at the behest and recommendation of Kim Kardashian, uh, you know, enacted the very criminal justice reform that gives these poor people, these black people, these people caught in the system by Joe Biden's racist laws, a second chance. Yeah, I like that comparison. Now, now let's take let's uh, examine the fact that for some weird reason, Joe Biden cannot keep his hands off of women and children uh, in an inappropriate way. Uh, that's just weird. It is. Weird. I don't know if it's if it's um, sexual or whether more precisely it's messianic, like he thinks you know he's touching you. This guy has a very, very high opinion of himself for someone who literally has accomplished virtually nothing. I know people who worked in the Obama White House when he was vice president. Roughly a year into the uh, the first term, Valerie Jarrett had to take the vice president aside and say, Joe, stop calling people on the phone. Stop giving yeah. orders. Stop sticking your nose into stuff. We don't want you to do anything. Go sit in your office and stay there until we call you. And And Biden somehow had this weird idea that Obama was a dumb guy. That's wrong. Obama's very smart and was going to run his own government. And Joe Biden didn't understand that he was he was basically standby material. He thought that that Obama was some kind of cipher and that he, Biden, was going to run the administration. Of course, that didn't happen. Yeah, because most vice presidents are just window dressing anyway. I mean, the, the only reason why he made news was because of his son. Let's be honest. I mean, uh, he, you know, rest in peace. I'm not saying anything bad about that, but that's he's in the public eye because of kind of negative things. It's not he's not in the public eye because of great things that he did while being vice president. Like he's not. Well, and, and not just that. the other day, we, there was a terrific story that broke that his son Hunter, uh, who makes Paul Manafort look like St. Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> when it comes to shady business dealings, returned a rental car in Boston, and they found in the car his wallet with his driver's license and all his credit cards and his Secret Service ID card, along with a pipe and a bag of crack. Now, I wouldn't normally criticize that, except for why should a poor black guy go to jail for that when Hunter Biden wasn't prosecuted? He should have been prosecuted. Should have been. Uh, if everybody else is, he wasn't prosecuted because he is Pompous Joe's son, and for no other reason. Very true. Uh, Brian, you as, got a question? As, Roger, as somebody who's obviously a big proponent of uh, reforming the prison system, do you think that the Republicans, or that there's anybody, maybe the president perhaps, that might get behind what the Democrats have all been pushing, and that's the legalization of marijuana, to help with this prison reform and get some of these guys that maybe got jailed for a small amount of marijuana or a non, uh, non-violent they, they, crime yeah, or something like that. They weren't going to distribute, they just had it for prime Maybe use. get released. I think well, maybe that would be a big this boost. New, this, this new sentencing reform bill that the president pushed and signed, something I've been urging on for some time, but Kim Kardashian's better looking than I am, so she got it done. Slightly, <laughs> slightly. Uh, Come I on direct, but look, I... I, I, I the only part of this I argue with is, other than Cory Booker, 
I don't see Democrats pushing legalization. I mean, in all honesty, they had both houses and Obama in the White House. Why didn't they legalize marijuana when they had the chance? Very good question. They had the chance. It's it's, it's really Uh, stupid. Trump is smart. He will step up and do it now. The president should legalize marijuana immediately for all purposes. Uh, Now, he already supports federal legislation to support state-legalized medicinal marijuana, step in the right direction. But I think he he should, with a stroke of a pen, doesn't even need Congress. He can take marijuana off the the Schedule One drug list, where it's currently categorized with heroin and cocaine and worse. There's a step in the right direction. He can do that unilaterally tomorrow. I think I think the person that was the most against it so far in the Trump administration was former Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Now that he's not there, do you think there's an easier path? Definitely a step in the right direction. Notice that as soon as he was out of the way. Trump came out in support of the uh, of Cory Gardner, Senator Cory Gardner's bill to protect state legalized medicinal marijuana. So I think this would be not only politically smart, but from a public policy point of view, it would be smart. Right. Uh, I have been a supporter of legalization for almost 30 years. I've written about it. I've marched for it. I've signed petitions for it. He I've spoken it. out for it. <laughs> I think, you know, I'm uh, I'm definitely uh, uh, pro-pot, and I make no bones about it. Yeah. As somebody who's worked 20 years in EMS, I mean, I, I just see that the opioid epidemic is getting wildly out of control, which I think we can all agree. It's already with. out of control. It's but not I, even... I think legalizing marijuana it. would be a good way to combat the opioid crisis yeah. because what they're doing now by criminalizing these people that take prescription pills, instead of criminalizing them or demonizing them, they should be allowing them to transition over to medical marijuana or regular marijuana and then that would alleviate a lot of the opioid problem that you're having because a lot of these people can't get their pills anymore so then they go to the street and wind up getting street drugs instead mm-hmm. it's not good could, could not have said it better myself and the president i think has made it very clear that he that he considers the opioid addiction process uh, uh, crisis a much greater problem uh, drug abuse is a public health problem it's not a criminal pro- justice problem uh, and we really need reform here. And you're not going to get it from the Democrats. They had their chance, and they did nothing. They blew. Now it's up to Donald Trump. And I think I think prior to this election, he may make his move. See, I think Trump is also going to move forward with it because he is a businessman. At the end of the day, cut and dry, he's a businessman. And he understands the logistics behind the money-making business. It makes good business that sense. Is, yeah, exactly. That is marijuana. The marijuana, for everybody's, you tax it. Sell it in the dispensaries, make it, you know, the crops that come out of it, everything. I said this when Obama was in office. Legalize it and fix the national debt problem. Yeah, and the medical the medical well, benefits. The, the, the yeah. problem is the, the way in which you legalize it. Let's take Florida, for example. Let me walk you through this because it's pretty amazing. You want to get a medicinal marijuana card. First of all, you must go to a certain doctor, a qualifying physician. There's not that many of them. They kind of ride a circuit. So, you know. They're in West Palm Beach on Thursday. So you got to make your appointment. That's 150 bucks. Now you got to bring your, your medical records from your regular doctor. That doctor then certifies you to the state. Your information goes on the state registry. I don't like that. And then secondarily, you have to have one of, I believe, 12 very specific diseases like cancer, multiple sclerosis, multiple dystrophy, so on. Pain in your lower back, 
sorry, that doesn't do it. Anxiety, depression, nope, can't write a prescription for those. You've got to have one of 12 very specific diseases. Now they put you on the state registry. You can go to the state and get your card. That's another 150 bucks. You're now in for 300 bucks. You haven't had your first toke. Believe now, me. once you've got that, you have to take your card back to the same doctor, must be the same doctor, who gives you a prescription. And the prescription has a strength of cannabis that's based on the disease you have. So, for example, for cancer, you would get a stronger dosage than, say, glaucoma. That's another 150 bucks. You're now in for 450 You still haven't had any weed. Now you go to a state dispensary and you buy your cannabis, although only the type they'll let you have. Let's call that a hundred bucks, okay? You're in for five fifty. You finally got your marijuana. Oops! Guess what? Your card expires in ninety days. You got to go back to the first doctor, and guess what? That's another ninety dollars to get it renewed. Oh, you need more marijuana? You've got to go back to the doctor again. That's another 150 bucks for a new prescription. Jesus now Christ. you go back to the state dispensary. You get the picture? Yeah. It, 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 so the black market continues to thrive. All the people on my block, who are, many of whom use it for medicinal, legitimate medicinal purposes, they're still buying on the black market. Why? A, they're getting better weed, and B, they're paying far less. Yeah. yeah. I will tell you that I have a friend that lives in Pennsylvania, and it's much easier in Pennsylvania. A lot of these people... Doesn't your friend have the exact same name as you? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot Whoopsie easier. Whoopsie doodle. We don't have a lot of the those charges in Pennsylvania. You go to the doctor, you pay whatever your normal copay is. He writes your prescription, you take it to the dispensary, and you can get whatever you want, however much of it you want. Copay is a hell of a drug. The only, <laughs> the only thing you can't get in Pennsylvania is edibles and the plant itself. But you can get tinctures, you can get wax, you can get whatever you and as much of it as you want. So we've got that over Florida. See, now, what's interesting yeah. is when it first passed in Florida, you had all those hoops that I just outlined. Additionally, you could only have edibles or you could vape it. You could not smoke it. Right. This was pushed by Governor Rick Scott, literally the worst governor in U.S. history, now the worst U.S. senator in U.S. history, a man who stole a billion dollars from Medicaid when he was running a hospital chain, mm. and who, when he was governor, put his uh, holdings in a blind trust, but his wife's holdings, which were not in a blind trust, were identical. Then Rick pushed through laws regarding easy pass that made he and his wife $163 million while he was governor. Jesus. Jesus. Why is this man not in jail instead of the U.S. Senate? By the way, he's a Republican. Just to be clear. Just to be clear. We're talking to Roger Stone, by the way. Roger Stone did nothing wrong. Legal fundraiser for Roger Stone will be going on in Annadale, at the Annadale Terrace, 801 Annadale Road, right here in the heart of Staten Island. Uh, tickets are $100 regular admission and $150 for VIP. Includes a cocktail hour and signed book. It's going to be also hosted by AM 970's radio personality, Frank Morano, uh, from Morano Vision, by the way. If you ever had, if you lived on Staten Island and you had public access, Morano Vision uh, right. was the talk show, and then he went on yeah. to uh, do real radio. Proceeds, by the way, go to Roger Stone Legal Defense Fund. It's June 22nd from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. 
at the Annadale Terrace in Staten Island, I, New York. You've been hanging out with our, our pal Kristen Davis also. I'm, I'm yes. sure she's been a huge help to your, to your cause. Yes. She is going to be there on Saturday. The poor guy who owns the Annadale Terrace has already had multiple death threats. Oh, wow. Uh, because his banquet hall is hosting, you know, is a commercial venture. Uh, a fundraiser for my legal defense fund. If I didn't yes. mention it, folks can go to stonedefensefund.com right now. They give a contribution um, by credit card. They give it through PayPal. Or if you're one of those people who doesn't trust putting your financial information on the Internet, there's an address there where you can mail a check. Um, I have to raise $2 million to finance my legal defense. Two years of CNN and MSNBC pissing on me yeah. uh, has literally destroyed me financially. Uh, I've lost my house. I've lost my car, lost my savings. I've lost most of my insurance, uh, but I'm still not going to fold. Despite this enormous financial and personal pressure, I'm not going to bear false witness against anybody. I'm going to do nothing but tell the truth. I've pled not guilty, and I will fight. And like I've I said... People to back me up. No, I was going to say, like I've said before, and Roger's been on this show multiple times, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, Roger Stone really did nothing wrong. Like, I understand it's a cute little thing you put on T-shirts, and maybe it's the, you know, the buzz, you know, little mantra that's said and everything, but Roger Stone did nothing wrong. Roger Stone didn't put, for the people, by the way, sending death threats to the Annadale Terrace, Roger Stone didn't put Donald Trump in the White House. America did. Yeah. Hate to burst your bubble. People actually fucking voted. He won. He got in. I understand that. Hillary lost, and you're still pissed. That's actually, got that. That's cool. That's actually a good point. I yeah. Mean, and me, like I've, like I'm, I've, I've listened to the the Mueller report, and it it makes a lot of sense. He's just made him throw up. From, Did you hear that? I know, I know. Right. But it, but it puts that puts a lot of perspective yeah. into it. Is really no matter what uh, Mueller has to say or what he's accusing. You of it's not you that put uh, Trump in. It's the America. It's America. America did that. Yeah, it makes, it makes a lot of Roger sense. Roger Stone did nothing wrong, and that's why we want you to actually get you know send money to uh, StoneDefenseFund.com. Go to the Andadel Terrace. Go to the shows. Let Roger speak his mind. Let listen to what he has to say. If you don't believe him, that's fine. Make the judgment. Fine. You don't have to like him. A lot of people don't like him, and no offense to Roger, I like him because I don't think he did anything wrong. I really truly well, don't you know, believe you him. Well, uh, you mentioned the T-shirt, the Roger yes. Stone did nothing wrong T-shirt. That's the T-shirt I was wearing when I was arrested in the early dawn hours of January 25th yeah. when 29 heavily armed FBI agents stormed my home to take me into custody. And remember the CNN uh, and thing. shirt has really kind of taken off as an icon. You can get it, by the way, by going to 1776.shop. 1776.shop. You got your Roger Stone t-shirts, your Roger Stone hoodies, your Roger Stone sweatshirts, your Roger Stone tank tops. Uh, it's all there. And if you uh, will put on your Roger Stone did nothing wrong t-shirt and take a picture, particularly if you're a good-looking woman, I will be more than happy if you send it to me to post it on my Instagram page where over 50,000 red-blooded Americans can see it. So, Roger Stone did nothing wrong. Get your T-shirt at seventeen seventy six dot shop. Take a great picture of you wearing it. 
you should see Kristen Davis's picture. Oh God, I love Kristen <laughs> Davis. Go ahead. Boy. I'm saying I'm more jealous. By the way, I have more reason to hate him than anyone. He gets to hang out with Kristen Davis. Okay, I have more reason to hate Roger than anyone else, mm. politically or anything. Okay, <laughs> hangs out with my imaginary wife, Kristen Davis. All right, he's godfather to her child, her beautiful bouncing baby boy, beautiful kid. But of course, because the future mother's president. Future, future president, president. Has, the kid has luscious locks, beautiful hair on that child. What, Marcus? What? Oh, I got a, I got a question for Mr. Stone. Now, I want to ask him how big it is. Sure. He's going to tell you. I'm not going to do right. that. Uh, uh, for uh, Mr. Stone. All I can say is when I walk down the, the street, people think I'm a tripod. Hi, <laughs> But uh, there's was... a reason Kristen hangs out with him. Yes, <laughs> I'm jealous. But uh, I, I wanted to, I wanted to ask, uh, like I'm somebody who like who's very casually, you know, watching, you know, watching the news, the 24 hour uh, news cycle, and it always seems like I'm always being fed a line of shit, whether it's from Fox News or CNN or MSNBC. Well, by girls that you date. <laughs> Shut up, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, is this my, my mic's on? I'm sorry. Please ignore him. Sorry. Uh, but uh, how? What like? What advice do you give somebody? Because again, I know we're 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 different on the uh, on the on what what party we represent or whatever. But uh, like, what advice do you give to somebody like me who's young, who doesn't like do, how to like you know like spit it out, boy? Spit I'm out, trying. I'm trying. Jeez. Like, how do you sort throughout the? How do you sort through the truth of what is being told to you nowadays? Well, first of all, let me say, I don't get my news from CNN for the same reason I don't eat out of the toilet. Hi-oh! Uh, CNN is not a news outlet. The people who work there are not journalists. They're con men. They're bullshit artists. They're liars. Wolf Blitzer, by the way, has the worst breath of anybody you've ever met. <laughs> Certainly the worst breath of anybody <laughs> on television. He's a con man. Fraud. Every other word out of his mouth is a lie. Jake Tapper is full of crapper. This guy is Jesus. so full of shit, his eyes are brown. Uh, and literally not, nobody on CNN has any journalistic ethic or regard for the truth. They just make crap up as they're going along. MSNBC, just as bad. Ari Melber, a lowlife. His personal heroes in life, Elliot Spitzer and Eric Schneiderman. These are the people he holds up as role models. Figure that uh, out. Another guy. Uh, you can always tell when Ari Melber's uh, lying. You know how? He's his lips his are mouth. moving. Exactly. But to answer your question, I think the, oh. the answer is uh, a free, unfettered Internet is crucial. Because that gives you the opportunity to go out there and read whatever you want. If something comes to your interest, let's just be euphemistic. You see something on CNN that says, Lee Harvey Oswald killed John Kennedy and he acted alone. Okay, fine. But there's a thousand other places you can go on the Internet to find really solid information that would indicate that none of that is true. When they start censoring the Internet, when they start taking down those sites that give you an alternative point of view, they're limiting your ability to find the truth. So I guess the first thing I would say is regard everything you see in print or on television or on the radio with skepticism. If you hear it on CNN, there's a 99% chance that it's just incorrect, false. Uh, some uh, outlets are better when it comes to broadcasting the news, but I would suggest you take everything you hear with a certain degree of skepticism. If the federal government says it, it's almost surely incomplete or inaccurate. 
But then take it upon yourself to do your own study. Figure out who you believe. Uh, do the reading and the research yourself and figure out, you know, exactly what you think is correct. The system only breaks down if they take away the sources so you can't do that. That's how America operated in the 60s. There were three television networks, and if they said something, that's it. it that was the fact. No alternative point of view was available on any platform, any place. You just had to accept their word for it. So the example I use, Oswald killed Kennedy, wrong, acted alone, also wrong. But that was the prevailing view because that's the only information you were allowed to consume. And nobody who had an alternative point of view was allowed to speak on any platform anywhere. I don't care. Thank what... God that those days are behind us. But now the Internet social platform giants are trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube. They want to go back to the day where they just silence people. In other words, not healthy debate, not vigorous disagreement and discussion. No, the left wants to shut you down. I mean, uh, there's a piece in Salon uh, the other day saying that, you know, not only is Stone a toxic clown, but he's a danger to our democracy. No, you assholes. You're, you're for censorship. You are the danger to our democracy. Well said, Roger. Uh, Roger Stone did nothing wrong. Legal fundraiser for Roger Stone, Annadale Terrace in beautiful scenic Staten Island at 801 Annadale Road in Staten Island. Tickets are $100 for regular admission, $150 for the VIP. Cocktail hour includes signed book hosted by radio's per radio personality from AM 970, Frank Morano. Proceeds go to Roger Stone Legal Defense Fund. Remember, it's June 22nd. That's this Saturday at the Annadale Terrace, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Roger, thanks for being on the show, man. And remember, I believe in you. I think other people do that you did nothing wrong. Love them or hate them. Roger Stone is here to stay, and I believe that you will be acquitted, sir. Many thanks. Good to be with you guys again. Thank Absolutely. You. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Roger Stone, Stone, round of applause yes. for Roger Stone. Yes. One hell of a guy. This is Ham Radio, fighting the war against the... Yeah, with all the shit you've gone on in your life... Uh Speaking of heroin... Hey, I like heroin! Oh, what? Oh, we're on? 718-577-1389, it's the Ham Radio Show. Let's see if we can get the one and only Jake the Snake Roberts on the phone. Yes. Shall we... Trying. A little dialing. Well, you have, see, you have dialing music going on. See how, like, this is playing? Hello. Yellow, I'm looking for WWE Hall of Famer and legend and fucking kick ass guy, Jake the Snake Roberts. You might have that. Oh, hey. yeah. Yeah. God damn it, there's Welcome. a legend on the phone, people. There's a legend. A legend. A legend. Welcome God to him, damn it. He's been here before. He's the one hell of a yes. guy. Yes, yes, Jake, how the hell are you, sir? Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. You sound fucking amazing, by the way, bro. 
Yeah, pretty good, bro. Got a little bit of a cold, but I'm all right. Yeah, with all the shit you've gone on in your life, a little cold is nothing. Nothing. Yo, yeah, right. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, a cold. Yeah, I've kicked out of worse. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. All right, so Jake is, like we said, he's a WWE Hall of Famer. He's a legend. He's uh, doing Skank Fest. Billy, when's uh, Skank Fest on the thing, Billy? Go ahead. Skank Fest NYC, June 21st through the 23rd at the Brooklyn Bazaar. Ooh. 150 Greenpoint Avenue, Brooklyn, New York. Now, how did you make the leap? Because you're doing stand-up comedy, right, Jake? Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that for a couple of years now. and It's not really comedy. I just tell old road stories, man. The crazy stuff the boys did to each other in the locker rooms or in a strip joint or wherever the hell it happened. <laughs> nice. But, uh, you know, you put 20, 30 guys in a locker room, there's going to be some bullshit go down. <laughs> you know, no doubt about that. So true. I'm not talking about anybody's little sister either. I'm talking about everybody's going down. So, but, uh, so that, yeah, it's a good time, man. It's a real good time. I mean, I get to take the trip down memory road, and the fans get to hear what was going on in the back and in between the the shows. So it's it's a blast for everybody. So you are you just you telling road stories? You tell them like times? When, oh yeah, everything. So like everything. When, when ribs were pulled, when uh, oh rolls, yeah, all that shit. yeah. Yeah. That's, see, that's you know, when accidents happen, like when a snake accidentally fell over the top of a toilet over on top of somebody when they were taking a shit, you know? Well, those uh, things that happen. That happened a few times. It happens from but the I was, I, I was I was hanging the snake up to dry. That's all I was doing. You know? <laughs> well, when it you fell get, over on. When you get your snake wet, you got to dry it off. I mean, that's, that's normal. Damn right, man. Who wants a wet snake? <laughs> no one. <laughs> Um, I I know that we talked about we talked about it before when you were on the show before, but I I really I gotta go back uh, just for a second when you and and, yeah. and Mach did yeah. did the biting of the arm bit and I and you told the story, yeah. but I need you to tell it again for the people that haven't heard it. Oh uh, no, they're gonna have to wait, man. They're gonna have to wait for that. Oh come on, it's yeah, the gonna, yeah, you know, that's 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 a key point in the show now. They're gonna hear oh, that right. skank fest. I wanna tell you about the reason I'm doing skank fest. Yeah. I think I've been out with that bitch. Okay? <laughs> you know, skank fest, I know I've been with her, man. She's an arena rat out of New Jersey, isn't she? <laughs> I mean, now they got her over in Brooklyn doing the boys. I don't know, man. I just heard the name. I'm like, hell yeah, I want to do that show. <laughs> well, you, you, come on. you know that the ring rats like to travel. They go where the boys are. Right? Oh, my God. I know that's right. They get like, got looking for cheese, man. Damn right. <laughs> so right there for the price of a vision, you're going to get to hear the Macho Man Randy Savage, Jake the Snake Absolutely, Robert story. Man. That right there. <laughs> Let alone with everything else that Jake is going to, you know, tell you. All the going to weave oh, you the yeah. rich tapestry of tales. That story oh, yeah. by itself is worth the price of admission. So you need to go no to Spain Fest no for that. Let alone everything you know, you else. You throw, throw that on there, and then you throw two or three Rick Rude stories in there, and a couple of Andre farting stories, and you have a nice fun. <laughs> What's, all right. Because you were around there. Did Andre... Because we all watched the documentary about Andre Giant, and, yeah. and one of the biggest things in his uh, repertoire in the in yeah. all the stories was that his fucking ass was a lethal weapon. <laughs> it was, it was. Man. The, well, you got you to consider a giant can fart for an, ex, you know, an extremely long period of time, man. It wasn't no little blast, and then you were done, man. We're talking about a thirty, forty second fart. Jesus, you know. And, uh, 
Yeah, that was nothing, man. I mean, he, he you know, he was, it was really ugly, man. I mean, I, I've been on the elevator before when he'd do it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the doors would open and nobody would walk out. You know, he'd just be the only one left that could still walk. Yeah, you know, yeah. Everybody else is down. Worse than not. Man down, man down, down. You know. <laughs> I got a fart here. I got a fart. Brutal, man. Yeah, oh, I'm serious, man. man. He, he farted on me one night in the ring, man. He yeah. was setting on me when he did it. And uh, I thought I was having a stroke or something. My shoulder started vibrating. And uh, I didn't know what the hell was going on. And he starts laughing. Well, right. He's like, Andre, what are you doing laughing in the ring? He's like, I'm farting. <laughs> you know, and uh, I'm like, did he say farting? And uh, the referee walked off. He come back 30 seconds later. Now why are you laughing? Because I'm still farting. <laughs> he finally got up. And when he got up, I had like a wine stain on my shoulder. I thought it was a birthmark. You know? It was pretty ugly, man. But you got to consider, you know, he's got, you know, 30 to 40 beers and a right. couple yeah. of bottles of wine and a fifth of vodka in, the, in that boiler, you know. And it's been it's been fermenting for a while. And, he's, and, uh, and you're shaking got to go somewhere, man. <laughs> and you made it went all over Jake. Um, yeah, it was bad. It was an ugly night. It was man. a blast I radius of that one. Up, but it didn't come off, man. All right, so now, now we just recently lost uh, King Kong Bundy. You know, yeah. was he yeah. a big farter? I, I would think I, I would think Bundy's a big farter too. I don't know so much about that. You know, I was around Kong a little bit, man, but. Uh, I remember one time in particular, he was in the car with me and the Road Warriors, of all people, and uh, we pulled up to McDonald's, and he got like seven double cheeseburgers and a Diet Coke. And everybody's like, what the hell? Diet Coke? You got to watch calories somewhere, brother. Fucking kidding me. Seven cheeseburgers, five orders of fries, and a Diet Coke. Okay. Well, he had to keep it, you know. Yeah, man, I, watch his that. I hated hearing that, man. He had to look good you know, in the seems like every time we turn around, somebody else is right. gone, man. Well, that's, yeah. and that, that's, that's right. why we're so glad that you're it around, sucks. and I know that you, it totally sucks, but but the thing was that you, because yeah. Paige, uh, DDP was just on the show what, what, a couple of weeks ago now, because uh, yeah, he has his, uh, his new book that came out, and I know yeah. that you are part of that whole universe, because Paige actually yeah. saved you. And that is yeah. why, like, I'm so happy that you're going to be at Skankfest yeah. performing because... Yeah, it'll be a great time. Yeah, but not only just that it's going to be a great time. Jake, you could have been one of those numbers that we all could have been mourning. Well, over. I should have been. And yeah. I, I, I tried. Yeah. You know, I really <laughs> did try. And, uh, I tried my you know, That's why I'm glad I failed that, man. Uh, I didn't want to live anymore. I was done, man. And uh, you know, that's just, that just tells you how screwed up addiction is, man, because... Uh, I was desperate, and I, I went past being desperate, and um, I, I'd given up, man. I didn't want to live anymore, man, because living was just too painful. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've come out of that, man. Now I like to get out there and, and let people know that you don't have to go down like that, man. There is a way out. But uh, you got to get yourself around good people, and, uh, you know, if you, if you, you know, nobody tries to fail, but most people fail to try. Damn you know, and, uh that's what it's all about, man. Just never give up. And I'm so I like to get out there, you know, along with the movie and uh, see if I can help some people get, get on the right track, man. And, uh, you know, I've been to lots of jails and a few rehabs, and uh, I never met anybody in either place. I said, you know what? When I was growing up, my dream was to become a junkie and a drunk. No, nobody dreams of that, man, but it does happen. No. So once it happens, what do you do? Well, you got to find the right people, man. And, uh, 
I'm one of those people, man, because I'll, I'll help steer you in the right hook down the right road, bro. Well, it was funny because the other day, and, and that's why, like, I'm amazed at the the, the 180 or the, yeah, be a 180 out of 360 yeah. that you have accomplished. Because yeah. like the other day, I went to go see Seven Dust. I'm in I'm in Jersey uh, at the mm-hmm. Starland Ballroom. Mm-hmm. All right, and and literally on the marquee, besides the Seven Dust, you know, WDHA presents Seven Dust. Blah 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 blah. On the the next thing that comes up, Jake the Snake Roberts live in, and I'm like, what the fuck, Jake? Oh yeah, man. You know, he's taking over all the stages. Jake is- Damn straight, man. I'm going everywhere, brother, and having a great time doing it. So I want everybody to show up, get there early, bring your memorabilia. I'll sign that stuff up. Let's just talk some shit to each other. Exactly. And see where it all spreads. To, you know. And that's the thing. You're such you're such a talent when it comes to. Being a talker, that was one of your great fucking points of what you did in the ring. Because part of ring psychology is also cutting a promo that makes me want to give a shit about your match. Mm -hmm. And you do, you did that every time. And by the way, part of my childhood, you are part of it. And I thank you, sir, for being a part of it. Oh my God. Well, the bed wedding should be up soon. (laughs) It's been a while. It's it's not always. (laughs) Unless you're just doing it for fun. (laughs) I wanted to say it's not always urine. <laughs> well, you know, you know, that's not what she said. Hello. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> okay. Hello. Uh, Billy, get a plug. All right, for- guys. I- I'm going to screw out of here, bro. I got to get down the road, man. I'm, I'm across right. town trying to get back to the house. All right, so we'll say goodbye to Jake. Round of applause for Jake Roberts. Yeah, Continue. And Thank you, Mr. Roberts. And then Billy will... Uh, remember, just... remember this. To know me is to blow me. <laughs> you guys do. <laughs> Bye. All right, Jake, Take care. Jake Roberts. Uh, Billy, tell me about Skankfest. Skankfest NYC, June 21st through the 23rd. Brooklyn Bazaar, 150 Greenpoint Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 1122. Two. Two, two, Three two. days of comedy mayhem. No, it's going to be pretty... Like I have, Highlighted with Jake the Snake Roberts. Just some of the things, like, because I, I want to throw this out there, because this Skankfest thing is fucking... He, look at this. Look he at this, wrestled... Look how, at the card. How like, many years did he wrestle? I have no fucking clue. Oh, years. So you, you and then, and then, and then the, left, and the, then came back, if you remember. The stories he can tell you from, you know... They were amazing. The, the horrible beginnings to yeah. when he was a superstar and had 12 girls in a room snorting blow off his dick. Somebody you know, was touching his snake. Picture, mm-hmm. picture the stories that he can have. Well, then you have, that's what I'm saying. You have that. Plus, you have the WWE, you have the WWF years. <laughs> yeah. Right. You have the WCW years. Mm-hmm. You have him back when he went back Georgia, to the WWE. No, no, he went, but what I'm saying, went back to the WWF. When he came back there that, yeah, that yeah, third yeah. time with Re- uh, Revelation, and he was the born again yeah. Christian, and he, then he got on the sauce again. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and then and then uh, you know then he went back to Stone Mountain, Georgia, and then uh, you know his life was almost a fucking wrestling tragedy. Correct. And then from that, and then you know gets back and hooks up with DDP. So he's got to have nine million motherfucking stories. That's I mean, it. and think yeah. about it—you get to see that at Skankfest. Uh, June 21st through the 23rd, like Billy was saying. So you going to tell all those stories? <clears throat> oh, I'm sure, dude. The, the, I'm telling you right now, the Majin Man Randy Savage story. Is good. About the fucking snake biting him in the arm. If you can find <laughs> the episode Nick. of of this show, of, on, go to hamradioshow.com, which, by the way, got uh, totally up, uh, you know. Overhauled. Overhauled and uh, upheaved and fixed and all done. Uh, by Nick, mm-hmm. it's beautiful now. So if you can find that show, look up the last time Jake was on because he talks about the thing. So I'm just saying, 
It's a fucking hysterical story. Was that one we called him when he was on the toilet? Yeah, he was taking a shit. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. That's the other boy. He was taking a shit. That's hilarious in his so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is on this card, on this Skankfest thing, dude, it, it is literally, you're going to get your money's worth. It's three days. Yeah. But there's so huge, uh, Jay Okerson, uh, Je- uh, Jessica Curson, um, Jim Florentine. I mean, the names of the comedians alone. Correct. Worth the price of admission. Then you got guys like Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, uh, I was seeing a whole bunch of Dante Nero's on here, Dan Soder. Uh, there was fucking, who, who was the other one I was seeing? I there like was that Soder. Yeah, there, there's fucking great shit on there. I don't know. Michael Bisbing, uh, MMA legend from the UFC is on here. I mean, there's so many people that are going to be at the show. It's podcasts um, that are out there. Uh, Anthony Cumia's show going to be there. Uh, Bob Kelly's um, Bob Kelly too, huh? Yeah, Bob Kelly's gonna be a high society radio is gonna be out there. Legion of Skanks. This, this, this tons Legion of, of Skanks. Shit. It's a show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't name it. Right, You're gonna get Joe that. going again, aren't you? <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Skanks means, right? Everybody knows hey. this. By the way, Jake Roberts just uh, retweeted us promoting. The thing, so how fucking amazing is that? Jake Roberts just retweeted my what a, tweet. What a good man. That was a fucking, he's a great guy. He gets a round of applause. He's come a long way. Yes, but it's going to be, it's gonna be a huge show. It's uh, presented by, of course, Gas Digital. And there's a bunch of other, I, I'm not going to read all their fucking they, advertisers that are on here. That, you, it would take a half hour. But go to uh, skankfestnyc.com. That's skankfestnyc.com. I mean, maybe one day we'll have a three-day fucking event that we can have and people what, can your come. Funeral? Well, that oh, hamfest. <laughs> why? Why you gotta be so mean? I don't know. Because well, call it the ham radio show. Call it the pork rind. <laughs> <laughs> you got first. I have fucking Ricky Lovega. You're not a pilot. <laughs> Just <laughs> shut up and fly. <laughs> and you're horrible. And fuck. And I'm like fucking me. And then now, and now it's my funeral. We'll Who's celebrate it, brother. Don't worry. We celebrate life, brother. The freaking plane crashed already and burned. Wait, we'll, we'll have chicks dancing on volcano. Wait, we're going to celebrate. (laughs) Woo-hoo! I actually have that in my will. I'm not going to have a funeral. I'm going to have a cage affair. That's what I want. I, you know, I think if I got to get celebrate life, if I got to get that's still, you, no. Suddenly you sound like a pervert. Fuck yeah. you. Picking up girls in a schoolyard. Fuck you. No, I don't. Hey, That's I what n- that kind of sounds like to me. <laughs> How old are you? What do you got for first period? Yeah, yeah. And you want you want you want to pet my puppies? I got them in the back of the van <laughs> the over here. You know, I mean that's the next thing that's going to come out of your mouth. It oh sounds no! Like. No, know. the next thing coming out of his mouth is her. Whoa. All right, let's get her on the phone. Let's get uh, Air Force Amy on the phone. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's get off Marcus. Like Marcus gets off the fucking children's bus. Ew. How old are you? Hello. Hello. Hi, I'm looking for the beautiful, big-breasted, and amazing legend known as Air Force Amy. Oh, Yes, yeah, Air Force Amy. This is, hey! this is Amy. Hey, hi, everybody. What are you doing? We're all getting hard thinking of you. Oh, yeah, that's how I like it. Damn right. Oh, my God. By the way, she's got to be fun to have sex with. Oh, yeah. She's oh got to be fun to have sex with. 
right. It is fun. All right. I got to ask this question right out of the gate because Marcus, Marcus, say hi to Amy. Hi, Amy. How are you what? doing? Hold on. I'm hearing my Hi, show. Mark. I like, to, I like to say that I've spent many of nights as a 13-year-old at 3 a.m. masturbating to you on Cat House on HBO. <laughs> so you're in good company, honey. Yes. Yeah, I'm just saying. But probably, I, I would like to ask also, who in this room hasn't jerked off to Amy? Yeah, everyone raises their hand. I'm just I, not one Aww, person. Thank you. It's my life story. You have jerked off to Amy. Don't lie, no. Billy. You liar. No, I have Trying to be sure. nice because Amy's on the phone. <laughs> Amy <laughs> likes to hear it. Amy likes to know that men jerk off to her. Shut up. I'd rather jerk off in front of her. I, I do. <laughs> uh, all right. So now, one, Marcus, who's a moron, uh, <laughs> he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand the two rules. Now we 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 have tried to explain this to him. That there are there are two rules that you never ask a woman her age or her weight. Are we correct in saying that? Um, I would say weight is okay because we can lie about that. Okay, but okay, but what you never ask a woman is um, is anything real. Is that real? Are those real? Oh, no. that's see, that's a good point. So. <laughs> So, in other yeah. words, you're good with somebody asking how old you are. It's no secret. It's up there on the net. Well, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Look at that, Eddie. Hold on, no, no. Fuck you. You're wrong yet again. You, this is, you're celebrating, nope. and you're wrong. It's still the first no. quarter, Junior. And, and Relax. Also, <laughs> and also, just, I, I understand. First off, Marcus is bisexual, so he's only listening to half of the women in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the other massive part that you're missing out. She uh-huh. just said, because first off, Air Force Amy, number one, is famous. Yes. She's a fucking legend. Yes. Not in our own mind, in her mind, in the world. She's a fucking legend. She Absolutely. was on. She literally is like one of the reasons why men went to the Bunny Ranch. Absolutely. Okay, so we're all justifying this. Yes. Now, of course, you can look up her age on the internet. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Okay. Okay, so it's not a secret to her, like in her universe. She, of course, people are going to know about it. Okay, but you don't walk up into a club, or a, or a, a bar, or ask a woman her age because it's just rude. Okay, so let me rephrase the question, Amy. Okay, if I Air Force Amy, you Air address Force her as Amy. Air Force Amy. Air Force Amy, I haven't earned. I've earned the right. You have not. Okay, I apologize. Go ahead, Air Force Amy. <laughs> So if nobody knew, if somebody walked into the Bunny Ranch not knowing anything about the ranch, the girls, or anything like that, is... How did I get the brothel? Would it be okay for a guy to ask about your age? Yes. You know what? You know what annoys me more than asking? It doesn't really bother me about my age because I look so great and I feel so great. And I run yeah. circles around a teenager, so it doesn't bother. I'm pretty proud of my age for the way I look and the way I am, the way I feel. I take really good care of myself. So that doesn't bother me because I love to shock people. Yeah, but I tell them my age. It, it shocks it them. Is, for, for, it, right? First off, it is shocking because no one would believe that you're whatever. Fuck, I don't want to say your age on the air. No one would I'm believe. Over fifty. She's over, over 50. fifty. She's over fifty, and she wrote a book about sixty-nine. So there you go. It's all point. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> get that out of the way. I'm over fifty, and uh, I'm in the best physical shape. Oh, absolutely. I well, you know, ever and ever in my life. And I, you know, I have parties with the younger girls, and I just 
and they get worn out. Well, I mean, because, wear them out. because you're a fucking thoroughbred. You were you you have a body yeah. built for sin. That's what it's there for. Like you literally are a machine. Uh, like if you ever watched, oh, you know, oh the bun the the uh, what was, it was Cat House. I want to say because there was a bunch of other there was there were two shows. There was Cat House, and then there was one on uh, Cinemax for a little bit. Right, that was on there too. But okay. the, the but the, the Cat House is the famous one. They also the musical. They did the musical one mm. uh, and stuff. But the funny thing about it is because Marcus is still celebrating, and I'm yet again, you're not dealing with a normal woman. Oh my! God. This is this is a this is like a demigoddess. This is literally. <laughs> think about it. Like she is not going out and buying groceries and then going to like the the plant. Yeah. To you know what I mean? Like she literally. <laughs> Works at the Bunny Ranch. She's like the queen of the Bunny Ranch. I, I, literally, literally, it went. Dennis got rest him. So, got rest his soul. Madam yeah. Suzette, and then Air Force Amy. The three like most known figures. That's the institution. Yeah, the, the Mount Rushmore of Poon in that in the Bunny Ranch world and universe. And you're acting as if she's a normal broad I'm not that you can walk up and say like, "Excuse me, how old are you?" Of course, you can ask Amy anything. Air Force Amy, I am in no way implying that you are. You call a normal... her Mrs. Air Force Amy. <laughs> and salute while you're at it. This is Air Force You haven't earned that right. Damn right. Air's been jerking off longer to Damn her. right. Thank you, Rick. Right. Thank you. This is Air Force Amy. I am in no way implying that you are just a normal, normal woman. She's a demigoddess. But. You did yeah, again, again oracle. for for oracle. Eduardo's ears. An oracle. She's an oral oracle for Eduardo's ears. <laughs> D- again, you said yeah. that you don't have a problem if somebody not knew if, if somebody not knew who you were. You don't have a problem with anybody asking you about your age at all. I don't. I don't. Thank like you. They said, I yeah. shock people The look on their faces just a bit. The jaw drops. They can't believe. Um, of the, uh, the, my you. real age. Eddie comments. But she's not a normal. Yet again, you're not asking fucking Polly Sunshine. Oh, she's Lord. not your typical. At the water park. Hey, by the way, h- how old you are? We'll agree to disagree. We're taking time off of Mrs. Air Force. This is Amy. the Valkyrie of Vagina. Do you understand who this is? I know. Boy, you really With sucking Santa's- up. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I consider myself to be an Olympic athlete in heels. For well over twenty years, she's a gold medalist in the gobbling cock. That's <laughs> <laughs> what she does. This I am. This, 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 my oral sex cannot be matched. No, that is just, that's a that's a pure straight up fact. I'll be the judge of that. Holy shit! everybody line up. Yeah, I'll no. be the judge of that. We got Nick. What is uh, Nick asking? Our uh, Oh yes, Canadian Nick, technician. Are you Canadian gonna, Unified Network technician? Now, correct. God damn it, you treat him with respect. Uh, He's looking forward to an appointment. <laughs> as an appointment. Uh, no, no, he, Nick is pointing at Nick is nine-time bunny of the year. Ooh. Nick wants to get an appointment. Nick, are you still a virgin, by the way? If you are, this is the woman you want to lose your virginity to, oh, right here. Whose ass do I have to kick to get an appointment with Mrs. Air Force Amy? No. You, you absolutely do want to lose your virginity with me. Ooh. I can't tell you how many people I've asked, do you remember your first time? And they say yes, and it was a disaster. I wouldn't you want to make your first time memorable and have learned and felt and experienced a non-disaster, but probably the best experience of your life. 
Exactly. With Air Force Amy. I, I, think, <laughs> I imagine Air Force Amy doing a cartwheel naked. Landing on my penis. Oh, my God. Spinning around in some weird kind of top move. And then somehow we end up in a 69. I don't know how. But I imagine. That's too far. That's not too far off that city. That's too far off that but well, I've seen uh, when we watched Cat House. I saw you have you had you had uh, three way parties. Uh, you had couples where you, you you know you would go like have a four way. Oh, I mean, people lined up to be with the nine time bunny of the year. What's the weirdest thing that you ever encountered at the Bunny Ranch? It, from you, it's got to be amazing. The weirdest thing that happened the at the Bunny thing, Ranch. I, I hope your your listeners haven't heard this one already. But I had a gentleman that. Um, just it wasn't working for him. I was doing everything I could, and it just wasn't working for him. And he asked me, should, um, should I go out to the truck and get my pool toy? And I didn't understand what he said. And I said, by all means, yes, please do. He brings in this pool toy, and it's an inflatable yellow dinosaur pool toy that you put around your body. <laughs> I put this thing. I put this thing on, and I imagine that he just wants to continue to have uh, relations while I'm wearing this thing. And nothing worked. It just didn't work. <laughs> he goes, and he goes, well, we need to show you how I do it. I said, oh, absolutely. Please do. <laughs> he puts this thing on the floor and starts humping it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Wait, did he, but did, did, he get, did he get hard when he put it on the floor? Yeah, that's how you finish. Everybody has their kinks. The pool toy. So I asked him, I said, <laughs> I said, where did you come up with this? How did this happen? And I'm thinking he's going to talk about, you know, some kids at a pool or something. And the truth of the matter was, he is a long-distance truck driver, and he was carrying around latex dolls, but they became too cumbersome. <laughs> and it's too long, and it took too long to blow them up. So he got a that's amazing. <laughs> so I went, I need a fucking yellow inflatable dinosaur to fuck. That's what I was thinking. I'm in the big rig. I'm on the old fucking 18 wheeler. I was like, where the fuck my yellow dinosaur that I can fuck? That is incredible. Right? Makes you wonder. Right? No, no, no one will think that's weird. Be driving around in a truck with a pool toy. Yeah. Imagine seeing that shit. You're on the highway. And you're just driving, it, and you see like a guy getting what well, looks like he's getting head, but he's just pushing a pool toy onto his dick. Oh, God, no, like airplane with the automatic pilot. Yeah. <laughs> There's an inflation valve near his crotch. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Holy shit. That's a, that's funny. See, I want to talk about yeah. getting, a, getting an appointment with this woman. Because, me too. Well, you, you have know, me. You have, you, I'm only going to speak for oh me, my not, not gosh, Joe. Whose voice is that? That's yeah. that's that's big Ricky Love, man. He he got a big old dick. He big big black man, Chocolate Thunder, original he, gangster, original oh. gangster knows how to treat a woman. Shut up, Ricky. I'm trying to sell you up. Yeah, and then he, you sold he, yourself up already. Yeah, well, excuse me. I'm talking to the Valkyrie <laughs> vagina. Be quiet. Now, yeah. Oh, oh, how, do, how does my nickname as well is Triple OG? I'm a Triple OG. She's a Triple OG. That's what I'm talking about. Because yeah. her titties are huge. <laughs> she knows. Yeah. I'm in love. Yeah. She knows that. That was easy. You know, me. Once you're married, once you're 50 years old and yeah. over, you get into your second virginity. Absolutely. 
See, so I got dust growing on my balls right now. Oh, my God. You know, when you're married, you don't get none anymore. You know, they just they cut you off. So how do I get an appointment to come down there, you know, and whatever? You literally have to make an appointment? Well, no, you don't have to, but it's better because, you know, I'm pretty much semi-retired. I'm only in it for the fun, the fun of it, the thrill of it. I don't need the money, but I do need the sex, okay? They retired her jersey. Her panties hang high above. There was a whole ceremony. Her panties hang high above the bunny ranch. <laughs> well, the best thing you do is just go to my website, airforceamy.com, and it's right there in your face. Make a date. Bam. Choose a date, and no. I will contact All you right. personally. I don't have a – you know, some of the girls are so busy nowadays because of the social media – they have so many uh, customers and so many oh, okay. uh, leads that um, they have to help answering their emails. Ricky, not me. Ricky, <laughs> that's a triple OG. I have to read every one, of my, every single one of them myself. I have to answer it personally. I have to get to know you before you get here, or even not. But um, it's just too personal and it's just too many variables. I can't have somebody else doing it for me. So when you reach out to me, it's really me. There you go. Um, right. Air Force Amy What she's saying is, Ricky, don't sing it. Bring it. Yep, yep. That's what she's saying. She's saying, don't be talking about making an appointment. Well, you don't have to worry about no rolling dolls. <laughs> no, there'd be no plan. Don't worry about none of that stuff. Yeah. No pool toys? Are you available on Mother's Day? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, fuck. Mother does know where I work. Oh, my God. She knows forever. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird Mother's Day that would be. <laughs> yeah. Especially for Marcus. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I don't know if I should call home on the holiday a bit like sparks, like some kind of, oh, oh my God. You know? <laughs> but um, I usually call like a day before or a day after the holiday. So cause the whole family, they have like five brothers and sisters, and everybody would be stable with all the kids and stuff. And um, I don't just want to. Breach the subject of the yeah. <laughs> Come on. Here's the truth. Here's Come. the truth. I use my sister's name, Amy, because growing up, my dad would always say, Amy, so bubbly. Amy, so this. Amy, so that. And he's telling me to go comb my hair. <laughs> 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 so you pick out a name, and you pick out a name, you, you pick one that you know, you want to be like, you guys, somebody you want to emulate, somebody that you admire. So I chose the Amy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. She was so mad about that for so many years. My sister, she doesn't mind it all. She's really cool. Wow how many how many do, how many dudes and chicks? Because Amy, you know, Air Force Amy. Uh, by the way, AirForceAmy.com for everyone paying attention. How many times do you? Your sister had to love the fact that her name was screamed and moaned <laughs> almost like had to be like at least thirty times a day from the Bunny Ranch. Oh, Amy! Oh, Amy! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come yeah, by. A lot of people in love with Amy. Once in love with Amy, always in love with Amy. Mark Marcus, by the way, is looking at the Mother's Day brunch and munch. This this menu Option. is very impressive, by the way. Oh, you've never we actually probably have the Bunny Ranch menu still we, floating around we in have here. One, yeah. We have because I I have been lucky enough. Mm-hmm. Dennis Hoff, my personal friend, I will keep saying my personal Jesus. Dennis Hoff. That's why our fans are known as the Hoffs, the ham radio show official fans, uh, in honor of Dennis, um, who coined the phrase Uncle Eddie Ham. Uh, I have gotten to go to the Bunny Ranch twice. I've been to actually all the ranches, with the exception of the Area 51 one. Uh, and I've uh, they touched my penis, Amy. Um, 
Yes, Amy. Amy was only there for one of the. She was there for the bird days, but she wasn't like in the ranch at the time. She was in like she was all beautiful in her ball gown for the party and everything. So like I wasn't making, but like yet again, you are legendary. I was at the party and I'm like, that's fucking Air Force Amy. Like literally, like a giddy kid. Like seeing a baseball player for the first time or something. Right. I'm like, wow, her batting average is way better than Mookie Wilson. <laughs> wow! Was that at one of the, the birthday parties and I did a yes. sports following act? <laughs> yes. She, th- yeah. All, there was a talent show. There's body. Ba- Dennis had the greatest birthdays. And yet again, I will always say this. Dennis, yet again, the most generous man in the world. His birthday, but everyone else got the presents. And let me tell you, those presents were yeah. something you would never re-gift. Oof, never re-gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then know how knew how to put a party together. Oh. He had the greatest friends, thank you. And um, he's got to keep you in the family and keep you know carry on his legacy. And, and there'll be more parties in the future. We're gonna you know the party. There ain't no party like a bunny ranch party because bunny ranch party don't. Stop. <laughs> Nothing stops. If there's a cock in the party, come on, bring the cock in. We know that. Um, now, give me. A, can you give me like a state of the union for the Bunny Ranch? How is everything going on since Dennis's demise? And we've talked to many people off air. No, we haven't talked to a lot of people on air about what's going on in the Bunny Ranch. How is the old Bunny Ranch and all the other ranches and everything else uh, in uh, Nevada? How's everything going on? We're carrying on, you know, um, Dennis was the life and, and the party and the base and, the, and it was our business partner and he was so many different things to so many different women. And he's, you know, it's a big, huge chunk of him missing. A lot of people think that he's still around in spirit throughout the ranches. They see him, they feel him, as I do. Um, yeah. But of course, of course, he left everything in place to run business as usual, if not better. Um, you know, there's a trust and people are put in charge and, and Madam Suzette just took over executive duties. Like, she, she always was in charge of everything. She ran everything. And Dennis, just, you know, he had fun, right? And Suzette did all the work. I said, you know, I... She's, you know, she's still doing all the work, plus, plus. Yeah. You know, she's, just, she, she's got a lot on her plate and, and God bless her heart. And, you know, she... She probably could have just left, you know, left us close and, and went to Paris or something, but I was working her. Now, Marcus, let me, let, Marcus, that, that woman. let me point out something to you. Go ask Madam Suzette how old she is. And when you're done, pick, and then when you're done picking up your teeth with broken fingers, then you'll understand the point we were trying to make. Okay, Madam, Madam Suzette is the one who runs the Bunny Ranch Empire. Why would I do that? Well, that's what I'm saying. If you yeah, walked, if you walked up to her, like uh, she is, she is not a uh, a, a woman of the night. Uh, she's a G, as they yeah, say. I know that. All right, she's an OG from the the oldest of G's. Okay, mm-hmm. she's gangster to you the think, fullest. You think that's I want to put a bullet in? You think I'm going to thirty years? They were. She ran that place. Exactly. You All those I'm, places. You think I'm going to? You know, a great Madam Suzette seamlessly yeah, transitioned into. He bought another brothel, and she has to get it up and running. He bought another brothel, and she has to get it up and running. She, she got five brothels in a strip club up and running for him. By the way, that also that setup is amazing. I have to. We'll never. 
I, I first of all, I will never knock Dennis in general, but I will ne- the way it's set up, the Bunny Ranch is one place. That's one place. You go down the road, Dennis has a restaurant, there's a strip club, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but all the other brothels are like literally in like a kind of horseshoe shape and with a strip because club it, in the middle of it. We call it the cul-de-sac, yes. and it's the red light district. It's the only legal red light district in the United States of America, probably in North America. It's amazing. Um, and that little mound in the middle, we're talking about putting up a big... Um, Huge statue of Daddy D. He should have. Well, here was my idea. I want to. I think that that's a perfect spot for the statue. But I think they, you guys should, like Madam Suzette, should spend a little extra money. And every hour on the hour, Dennis should have a hard on. <laughs> that would be, right? That'd be fucking and somebody's great. taking care of it. Yeah, because like, like yeah. It, would, it could be like a, it could be like a carousel of girls going exactly. around. Exactly, like, right. like a, yeah. like a sundial. Right, clock strikes twelve. One girl stops and, and starts bobbing on him. Right, right. <laughs> at, at twelve o'clock, you get. You know, 12, 11, 12 o'clock. 12, 12, uh, uh, you'll get 11 bongs. And then the 12 bongs. Uh, the 11, uh, what would be the 12th bong? Suddenly it becomes a giant a fountain. water fountain. A fountain. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Oh, that is too cool. That Tell me that would be. And also in the Nevada sun, yeah. during the day, he also is a sundial yeah. at the same time. <laughs> So, there's so many benefits. I can picture all yeah. the schools going there to this. Children, this was the late, great Dennis Hoff. As you can see by his giant erection, it's noon. Right, so every hour, every hour would it go ding. Ding. Uh, dong. Uh, yeah, ding, dong. Ding, dong. Yeah. yeah. I like your water fountain idea, Billy. Know, Write that down, though. That's I good. Like that. It's midnight. It's midnight. I got a squirt in my eye. <laughs> Uh, I think every hour on the hour, I think it should be a different sexual position with the girl every hour on the hour. And uh, it points to that girl and does that position at that specific hour, right? Yeah, you can do it like one of those Swiss co- a cuckoo clocks, you know, everybody's <laughs> running around. And, 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 wait, and then, you, then you can put like a quarter in to make it blow. Because <laughs> 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 you want to make money, right? We put or a quarter in to make, you, make it <laughs> No, or, or you could have what you could do is you have somebody blow into the cock and out of his ass comes a balloon and that's your take home present. Oh, that's it. That's terrible. Here's your bunny ranch balloon, kids. Have a good day. There you go. Got little ears on it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like like you know like the statue of Mickey and and Walt yeah. at Disneyland, which I've always called. I said the bunny ranch was Disneyland for your dick. That's what it is. There it is. If you're a man, That's first what of, it is, yeah. oh my god, it is it is by far the greatest place I've ever been to in my life. It's an adult Disney. Oh world, my right? god, it yeah. is. You, you you can't even comprehend it because like it literally is. You start in the cul-de-sac that she's referring to. You start out with one clo- like one house right here. I had sex in that house. Then. <laughs> I literally, everyone had left. I'm still in there with uh, 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 Amato. There, uh, Kamisha. Kamisha. Yeah, Kamisha. She's my best friend. I love Kamisha. Kamisha's yeah. fucking awesome. I still even have the coin. She gave me the coin with her uh, face holder right. and stuff. Yeah. So then I had, sec- go, huh? I, I had, no, I, these memories are stuck in my brain, son. <laughs> so then I have sex so with you her. do that. So, and, she, and she's one of our, um, 
uh, more experienced ladies like yes. myself. So and we do really well. Yeah, Marcus would ask how us. old she is, and I'd fucking go, you're an uh, idiot. I would not. Her titties are only 20 years old. Oh, That's all I'll say. <laughs> Uh, no, but the thing about Kamisha, which was funny too, is also like when I when I was taking on my and I'm using air quotes tour, uh, I go in and she's watching a porn of her and Ron Jeremy. She's in the porn, like she was, she's a famous porn star. So I was, and then next thing I know, I, while we're watching the movie, I'm sucking on her titties, like in the, all of four seconds. It's the greatest place in the world. Oh my god, it is amazing. <laughs> and then so then Dennis, when he he now goes. Up to the other, there's a whole bunch of other fucking places. So he goes down to the one at the bottom of the cul-de-sac. And then I'm now, I'm wandering out. I just had sex. So now I'm wandering out like I'm the cock of the walk. Now they're leaving the other place and they go across to the other, the, the uh, one of the other ones, to the uh, sagebrush. So now we're over here. Now, as soon as I walk in there, I get met up with Alice Little. <laughs> and I and then I bang Alice Little. My day was going great. Titties and a bang. Oh, it was amazing. Titties and a bang bang. Titties and a bang bang. Oh, it was amazing. The only thing I would have topped it off is one day I hope to climb Mount Everest. Uh, that's the shape of Air Force Amy's titties, and uh, I definitely have sex with Amy because Amy is. That's legendary poon, dude. I'll tell you, it you, is you've definitely you've definitely sucked up enough to get it. I, yeah. <laughs> Look, she's, uh, yeah. she's a yeah, business I'm a lady. Sucker. I'm not getting yeah, it for I'm free. A, I got a sucker yeah. for a compliment. Damn right, <laughs> uh, Miss Air Force Amy. Uh, I said oh, salute, motherfucker. Listen, how do you want me to salute? Yes. Salute in this room, you Business, salute. <laughs> God damn it. You know I want you to salute with your with your little hand. Oh fucking right. Salute with your cock. Oh fucking right. <laughs> not in attention. Not in here. Oh. <laughs> not not oh, in here. Please. Uh uh, how would you feel about doing um, uh, black stepchild uh, porn at the Bunny Ranch? Why is she Oh fuck yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Wait, so we're, this, this, you're gonna this is wait, why you wanna go on mother's yet day. again though. Yeah. Air Force Amy. Yes. A legend. Yes. Okay. Who has seen it all, done it all. Yes. Do you think that you were gonna stump her with Black stepson porn. <laughs> First of all, those are my goals. I think I've had, I think I've had multiracial, all midget porn. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that there's a race she hasn't fucked. Miss Air Force Amy, he doesn't understand that these are my goals, my dreams, and my ambitions. I fully that I'm get that you're chasing a here. I'm just saying. Th- I mean, okay, how many of you are in the studio right now? Three? Uh, no, no, six, uh, six right now. So five old men and okay. one youth. Well, you know, I'm okay. I watch. I go to Twitter. I don't tweet a lot. I'm just, I'm not of that 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 decade or whatever. But um, I definitely use Twitter for the porn. Yes. Okay. The other day, I'm watching. I mean, like yesterday, I'm watching a, a girl get three dicks stuffed into her ass. <laughs> oh yeah, I need to try that. Uh, How is yes. my ass? How is my cousin? <laughs> oh my God. Wow, okay, I haven't done that. That looks good. Three dicks in the ass. That's amazing. That's- yeah, how, yeah. What, um, here's a thing. Besides three dicks in your ass, let me let me ask you something. <laughs> Which sounds like a great, like, it sounds like a Broadway show. That's a little Three dicks in my ass. <laughs> That's a little stressed out for me. I, got, I do have to ask. I do have to ask, though. 
what haven't you done? Like, is there something that you haven't done besides three dicks in the ass that you want to do? Um, oh, I can't say I want to do it, but I've never been married and I've never had children. Well, besides that, <laughs> Marcus wants to be your child. Ah, uh, yes, I do. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, more, um, more gangbangs. Yes! Cocky. Like, yeah, more gangbangs. He, she loves gangbangs. Marcus is finally at attention. What is it? Sarah, is that? Who is Sarah Andrews? Sarah the lesbian. Oh, Sarah the lesbian. I couldn't see because it's fucking very, like, that picture does not look like Sarah the lesbian. Uh, Hi, Eddie. I'm so glad that you finally showed me your cock. I never showed you my cock. Did I show you my cock? You showed Sarah the lesbian your dick. I don't remember showing Sarah. Sarah, if I did, then you're very, you know, you you want your money back? There's no, hey, you don't get, there's no money back. Uh, I'm impressed and buying a ticket, but where do you want me to meet you? On the ferry. The ferry. The ferry. The ferry. Uh-oh. Guess that ferry wrong. I have no I have no clue what you I, I really thought that there was something I thought maybe that Sarah the Lesbian wanted to see my cock. Anyway, this is Air Force Amy. Uh I want to now bring Sarah the Lesbian like, uh, and Air Force Amy in the same room. I like being choked and slapped <laughs> during sex. Is that good for you? Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, that was one of Dennis's favorite things to do. Actually, choke. Man, get excited <laughs> over the three dicks in the ass thing. Well, because he wants to be the person with the <laughs> dicks in the ass. So wait, Dennis, you, Dennis, Dennis like to Dennis. Well, Dennis like to. So you're saying like he used he to get choked? He likes anything. He just like girls. He just like anything. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna be the name, by the way, of uh, Marcus's new book. Three dicks in the ass. No, I couldn't. Bisexual Marcus story <laughs> is available now wherever books are not sold. I've bottomed once, never again. Sorry, it's the craziest. Yeah. Okay. Now here's a good, now here's a good question because we, now we're talking to Air Force Amy, AirForceAmy.com. She's also an author as well as, of course, the Valkyrie of Vagina and everything else. I've said that uh, Rick wants to keep saying I'm kissing her ass, and I would definitely kiss her ass. <laughs> Um, the what does I ask, now? I will ask Marcus the same question. What does a cock feel like going into your butt? Um, let's go. You, I would like to hear Amy's response first. Ladies first. Ladies first. Yes, please. When when you're taking a mean like a, a penis in the in the old shit pipe, the dupe shoot in the dupe shoot in the poop shoot, whatever you wish to call it, Amy. What does that feel like? It feels like. Um, I'm about to just blow my wand. It, it feels like someone invading my body, you know, my cavity. It's invading a space that it shouldn't, and it's so naughty and so sexy. Oh, and um, it is because the anal cavity has like tons more nerve endings than the vaginal cavity, so it's a lot more. You feel everything better. <laughs> you see, that's why we wanted Amy to answer first. Because she just made that, she made taking a cock in the ass sound like the greatest thing in the world for her. You mean she loved it. Now, now Marcus, what does a cock feel like in your ass? Uh, like trying to stick your finger through a Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> now, has this Cheerio been soaking in milk for a long time? That's not milk! No. <laughs> No, it's 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 uh it's um 
I, I, yeah, I would agree with uh, with uh, Miss Air Force Amy on that. Uh, Damn right, you salute on that uh, on that assessment of it. It just feels like it just. And again, I've only I've only done it once, and it was very like inadvertent. Like it wasn't planned. So did Amy. She only did it once. But hers was planned, not mine. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. So yeah, so the upon the one, one. It, it was one. <laughs> no, because he said it was planned. No, it was um, it was unplanned. Did the guy take a running start? No, <laughs> no, it, it just wasn't. It was it just wasn't what I was expecting. I, I just thought that we were that I. That we is the be... worst surprise party ever. Yeah. I'm just, we're, I'm we're, we're, we're experiencing this bubble in the industry. We get bubbles just like you yeah. know, the economy does, and our, our bubble. What are bubbles right now? It's pegging. It's very popular. Pegging, so, by the way, yeah, is, is, yeah, it's a man getting while while having sex with a woman, getting a uh, a, a finger or a item yeah. shoved in his rectum during the uh, during the intercourse or pre intercourse or post intercourse, Billy. Oh. Just so you understand, you make it sound so. Proud. Look at that your little walking dictionary there, Eddie. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't mind. We, we've had this fight on this show so, so many times. I say if a chick is doing putting her finger in your asshole, it's not gay. No, it's not because it's a chick. No, it's a chick. No, no, no. If a dude is sticking your, his finger in your asshole, and you didn't call him doctor first, yeah, you're gay. <laughs> And There's okay. nothing wrong with that, Eddie. No, no it is not. No, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not judging. It's 2019. I don't care if you take a dick in the ass. I don't give a shit. That's fine with me. Yeah. To each their own. What I'm saying though to is each their own. to each their own. Yeah. I'm I'm saying for me, I've had women put their you know fingers in my butthole, and God bless them that they even went back there. Yeah. It's like a fucking garbage yeah. dump back there. Why would you go back there? Well. And they did. So Whoa. God bless, and they didn't pull anything out. So God bless. It was great. You wasn't. Oh, I, oh, I didn't hate it at all. Busting a nut, busting a nut with a finger in your ass. It's great. Yeah, I got no but problem with that. Let me tell you, if, if you get two fingers in your ass and still give you the peace sign, <laughs> yo. it, it's a little worn out. <laughs> I just imagine. I just imagine someone doing like a scissoring motion yeah, inside yeah, yeah, of yeah, your yeah. asshole, Rick. Yeah. That's oh, what so I do. Nah, none of that. <laughs> Rick, you want to go out? Later? You know how many, <laughs> you know many men in America have hard-ons now thinking about that? Of course I they do. do. Well, they had hard-ons from the yeah. moment that you picked up the phone. Uh, Amy, I know you. <laughs> I, I, we have we have to go to break, so I, I don't want to kick you out. Of course not. I would love you to be in studio naked on my console as I get you out. However, <laughs> you're on the phone. So, we used to do that, you know, before the F8. FCC? FCC after uh, oh, who was it? Jackson that that Jackson girl showed her nipple on at the um, uh, Janet Jackson uh, yeah. the Super Bowl yeah that, that Jackson girl that Jackson girl <laughs> that Jackson girl Amy just sounded like she was on a porch yelling at her neighbor that Jackson girl just showed her nipple oh my god god damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch! Jackson fucked it up for everybody. Fucked it up for everybody. We used to have all kinds of sex. Oh, yeah. Have, well, the FCC, by the way, has no jurisdiction over us, so they could suck a bag of dicks. Oh. We don't care. Oh, okay, yeah. Don't. Don't forget to ask her for the panties. Man. Oh yes, we uh, we're this we're we're tradition. yes we uh, we're doing a, a thing we call. I'm I'm, I'm I'm I think I changed her name now. I want to call it the Underwall. 
instead of the underwear, so the underwool, we have we're we're putting a collection and we frame them with a picture and we make like a wall of women who have been on the show and we put your panties up in the studio. If you are willing to send us a pair of your panties that you've worn already, that you have to have worn so Ricky can not smell them because his wife listens. Fuck that. Um, <laughs> We will frame it and put it up in the studio if you're willing to do that. And we have one already. Yes, I'm willing to do that. You know what we have? Some guy. I just sent up two pairs of heels signed, plus my book with them today. So this guy was saying that it was going to be for a charity event for some Ooh. theater, and he bugged me to, and I didn't do it right away. So he bugged me, and I sent them in the mail today. It's like forty bucks to send these things, right? Plus two pairs of heels and two books. And then so I'm going to write him back and say, oh, okay, I did it during the mail. that will be there Saturday. And I come to find out he's just some, he's a little scammer on eBay selling our stuff. Oh, I, prom- <laughs> I promise two things. One, fuck charity. We're not giving it to charity. No. Unless, unless, unless you get a girl named Charity to wear your panties. Or, on top of it all, we don't, you can send whatever you want. If you wanted to send... Uh, like a little tiny little thong that doesn't cost you that much money. Feel free. We'll I mean we'll talk about it later. <laughs> it's an idea. We'll just we'll get the idea. We'll put it on I'll the underwall. You, you count on it. Count on it, Eddie. Oh, thank and, you. Um, we'll, just, we'll post it on Twitter. Okay, count so oh. and then have and all you listeners, um, be sure to visit funnyranch.com for all our latest ladies. And of course, airforceamy.com to set up an appointment yes. with Amy. She'll get to know you. You come down. You hang out, a little wine dine, and possibly 69. That could happen yeah, to you. Then, or 71. from New York, you know, we have um, bungalows and houses and, uh, and VIP suites. And so totally discreet. All you have to do is get within maybe 100 miles of our area. And our driver will come pick you up. And you can stay on property. There's no paper trail whatsoever. It's like the most discreet service and safe that you're ever going to find. She's like this this summer. Oh my God, Eddie! These girls with my legs forever. Just beautiful girls. I don't know if I'm just getting older. Everybody looks good, but these girls are hot, man. She's like she's like the CIA of ass. (laughs) She's like she's like. There's no paper trail. We'll pick you up in an unmarked van. We'll bring you to the fucking place. You'll have sex. Everything's gonna be great, and then you'll go home happy. Sound good to me. Fuck the paper trail. Most of our wives are private investigators. (laughs) Your your wife is a member of the FBI. Um, all right, so AirForceAmy.com, BunnyRanch.com, anything else that they need? The uh, the Air Force Amy on uh, Instagram, right? Um, I'm still Instagram. I think I have four pictures up there. But um, Twitter, I kind of sort of have to do, so that's Air Force Amy. There you go, Air Force Amy on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. round of applause yeah. for Air Force Amy. I don't care if Ricky cares. A living legend. Hand from me. Thank you, Thank baby. You guys, love you guys. Okay, bye bye. Love Thank you more. You. All right, so Air Force Amy, one hell of a great woman. Oh, love her. Yeah, love her. Uh-huh. Yeah, son, a dig up in your wife. Yep. That's life. Let's get Randy on the phone. Yeah, because this is the music I would imagine Randy should have. <laughs> Yellow. Yellow. It's Randy Fowler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fowler. I 
I say Fuller, but it's Fowler. Fowler. You know what I'm saying. You know what? It's Randy. It's rocking Randy. How about that? How about we just go with that? That's what we do. Randy, how the hell are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Can you hear me okay? Uh, we hear yeah, you perfectly, sir. Clear. Yep. You, you're, you're Great. Com- no pr- you're coming in straight, unlike Marcus. <laughs> hey, uh, my, my wife wants to watch... Listen to the interview. Where, where does she go? She can go to hamradioshow.com or she can go right on my Facebook page. Uh, you're being broadcast right now on the uh, the ham cam. Uh, at least your interview, the audio, would be there. We don't have a picture of Randy we can throw up. If somebody wants to throw okay. up a picture well, of Randy, feel free. Yeah, what'd you say? What'd you say to type? Uh, in, uh, you, I'm in my Facebook account. I'm just trying to get it. You know, oh, uh, go, go, go to my page. You're friends with me. Yeah, okay. I got to log out of this account because I have. Two Facebook pages. Okay, we're not I, friends on yeah, both. Okay. I have, yeah, I have to go to the other one. Okay, hang on. Sorry about we're, that. It's okay. We're not, yeah. Randy, we're not friends on both. No, just the one. Oh, I thought I thought you meant something, and we meant we had a thing. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Most people don't care about uh, being duplicates with me. Um, that's true. okay. Here it is, uh, Cirrus Radio. Yeah, that's me, the fat guy with the beard. That's me. That's him. And if you go well, right, I know, you, I know if, who you are. If you go, yeah, I know you know. <laughs> if you go down to my uh, my, uh, there's a there you go. You can see me. Hi, Randy. You see that there luscious oh, yeah. chocolate? Oh uh, Okay, I can see you. It's 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 a it's a bit delayed. I'll, I'll have to get out of the room. You, you'll have to stay in here. Yeah, you stay in there, wifey, because he's got some explaining to do. He's got interview stuff to do. Can you hear anything yet? Yes. Yeah, no. like, I'll take my oh, here it is. You forgot to turn on the sound. I didn't forget. There you go. Is it plugged up? Randy, where'd you find this wife? Why is she deaf? There you go. Okay. There you go. Live radio. Live radio. This is what happens, man. That's why we're the uncrowned kings of reality radio. Because we now we have a, a husband and a wife who are trying to listen to the show. God damn it. That's what they do. So, by the way, how the fuck are you? Hey, I'm doing just Good. fine. Okay, we started now, over. now that a year and a half or almost two years have transpired, it, it, it turned out that I was criticized quite a bit uh, because of what I said about my brother in my book. Yeah. And now, after everything that's transpired, it turns out that I've kind of like been vindicated. It turned out that everything I said in my book was true, and it's worse than... I published, you know what I'm saying? Right. I, just, yeah. I didn't reveal everything, but it's been an interesting two years. Well, what's one thing? Let, 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 let's see if we can get you right now. What, what's one thing you didn't reveal in the book that you want to reveal right now? Go ahead, Randy. You have the floor. Well, well, I'll answer it kind of this way. Okay. How would you... Or your audience, uh-huh. who seem to be thinkers, no snowflakes among them. No, nope, okay, not a one that can that can think rationally. How, how would they feel? How would you feel if if you spent the better part of your childhood trying to protect your brother from our father, the creature, yep. and then for your for your troubles, you get no relationship with your brother, and you get the door slammed in your face for forty years, and then forty years later, you find out your brother is your father, the creature, who has used his wealth, power, and influence to lure these people into his web to gratify his vice that's become a real master to him, and he's lived this secret lifestyle, and in the end, 
It turns out that my brother now represents everything I'm fighting against. Now, how cruel is that in life? But I mean, I think that it, I think that you've been like training for this your whole life. I mean, for lack of a better term, I think that you've been you have been you lived in fear. You lived in with, with beatings and sexual abuse and all kinds of shit that went on in that house from the creature. I think that no one is more prepared to battle this and seeing this, you know, head on because you're you're seeing your brother Kevin. By the way, talking about Kevin Spacey, if everyone's not paying along here. Uh, yeah, but there's there's always going to be a segment of the population yeah. that don't understand why I'm doing this. Right. I didn't. I don't make any money on my book. I'm not on the bank account. I'm on all the LLC. I didn't write this book to make money. I may I wrote this book to help people stop living yeah. in silence. Okay, so we've had like in the last year and a half, uh, I was pretty pretty mild on my brother as far as how I treated him in the media. I asked him to call me. I love him. I reached out to him over 30 interviews, and I still have not heard a peep from him. So it's pretty obvious the man doesn't like me, doesn't want anything to do with me, because I represent the truth, and he doesn't want anything to do with me. So I have to accept that. It's tragic that I'm now fighting a battle trying to stop this type of behavior in our society, and my brother is the poster boy? So That's wh- just fucked up. So why don't you, so Randy, why, really, don't, Randy you know, why don't you show up to the courtrooms or, you know, where he's going to be on trial and literally, like, get some, you know, get some people and protest the, uh, the trials. Make, no, make, make your it's, presence it's, heard. It's, it's, it's not my way. I am not a vengeful man. I still love my brother. I've I've tried to reach out to him, but he just doesn't want anything to do with me. I may know more about him and his psyche and his patterns of behavior over the last 40 years than he does. Why do you think he did that video this last Christmas Eve where he was in his character from the House of Cards? Yeah. Do you know why he did that? Because he doesn't even know who he is, that he can't even face the cameras and just be himself, that he has to put on some silly southern accent, and he's expecting Netflix to rehire him because he's got a fan base. Hey, listen, art is one thing. My brother, what he did, was able to accomplish in his life is unbelievable, okay? But his private life and the souls that he's destroyed that are still living in silence there's no place in our society anymore for that. We got to get rid of this crap. We got to take these people off the streets. I'm, I'm, I don't care if they're hotshot movie stars or producers. These people are destroying children's lives forever. I told this kid that, you know we that, agree that, with that you. Has, yeah. no, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say you know we agree with you. We know that you know that that you, everything that you're fighting for is the absolute right. No one here at all is you know a pro opponent of you know molestation of a child or like the guy uh what's the the new asshole the uh, one that was uh i was just about to say einstein but that's no not that's it. not his name epstein epstein, epstein yeah. there epstein, epstein or whatever the fuck it is uh that guy i mean think about it, it goes on all the time and i and, and people like you and i understand that you're not a vengeful guy but with your brother being who he is right and you being yeah. the, the dynamic, charismatic, Rod Stewart-looking limo driver guy, 
wouldn't to me retired retired re- retired spoiler alert i've been retired for 18 months <laughs> all right but you still look like rod stewart now oh yeah yeah oh yeah you got the big hair i know <laughs> my whole thing is wouldn't it behoove you for for you to then take it to the next level because that you you, you got to attack something like this with press like if he's getting press because like let's look at it from the perspective right now do you think the 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 one in Nantucket. Do you think that that has any legitimacy? The case, the case that's going on right now, where there was a whole bunch oh, yeah. of shit that okay. is swaying well, towards your then, brother. Then I'll, I'll I'll answer it this way. Go ahead. A few days ago, the the civil lawsuit was dropped with prejudice, with yeah. no settlement, according right. to what's been reported. The prejudice part means you don't get a chance to refile it. You're done with it. Okay. Yeah. And then a few days later, my brother goes back to court, and the, the kid released a statement saying, I dropped the lawsuit with no settlement because I wanted to concentrate on the criminal case. Fine. He goes to court, sits in the chair, and then claims the fifth. Yeah. Why? Where, what are the motives behind this thread that seems to go nowhere? If he wants to concentrate on the, the criminal case... And he can't deal with the fact that his mother deleted a lot of messages that showed patterns of behavior as a frat boy, or mm-hmm. what, you know, however you want to describe it, and only left the stuff concerning my brother. That's tampering with evidence, right. and yeah. that's a crime, okay? So the kid is uh, evidently riding, a, a, according to him, a, an emotional roller coaster. But why would you claim the fifth? If you want to pursue this, and, right. and, and the mother seems to be really out for vengeance and that, that she doesn't appear to be wanting money, she wants to punish Kevin for what she did to her, her little boy. Yeah, but okay. here's but here's but here's why the thing. Would if the she kid, goes to, why would the kid why why he, claim the fifth? Because he he didn't want to incriminate himself. Because obviously he wasn't. I don't think. And not that I'm defending your brother. Because I do think that your no, brother. No, but the case is going to be dismissed. I right. know that, but he, it's going to be dismissed because it's going to be dismissed because this fucking Nantucket kid literally fucked the case over. He lied. He's lying. I don't know. You you. You have the one case dismissed with prejudice, so yeah. you get no money from that. And then when you appear in court, suddenly you take the fifth. It sounds like somewhere there was money exchanged. Like, Oh, yeah. But, Look at know, it this way. If it's possible that. to judge, this is my speculation. Okay. If, if it's possible that the judge lets the case go through and they, they rule in favor of my brother, okay, then... Then there might be some monies exchanged because the family dropped the civil suit. Okay, but nothing has been exchanged right now, so therefore it's all speculation. But these patterns of behavior on why this kid did this, this, this of these chain of events is very interesting, and we haven't heard the last of it because in May, Scotland Yard evidently. Uh, came to visit my brother yeah. and ask him questions, and no arrests were made. Um, so I don't know what's going on with that. But the problem is, is that we live in a world with a lot of different kind of vibes and a lot of different energies. And the karma gods woke up on October 30th, 2017, and said, "We are done with you, Mr. Spacey." And there's too many other cases. There's 20 in London. There's a several in L.A. There's so many cases, and that this case will be a precedent for people 
what not to do if you want justice for a pedophile and a sex predator. Okay, but this but this case is going nowhere. He's he's off, and he thinks he's going to go back to work, and that people are so are supposed to accept him as a pedophile. And a, and, a, and, a, and a predator, and let him make movies. Yeah, but Randy, how the hell Randy, is Randy. anybody going to be around him without twenty-four-hour right. security guards? But, but Randy, here's the problem: if this fucking case gets thrown out, like you just said, it's, it does set a dangerous precedent. And what happens is, then you got to question. It puts reasonable doubt in every other fucking case that now is against Kevin Spacey. That's the problem. Because now, if well, I don't at, know if I don't know if it it, it it does it does highlight that. But what it yeah. also highlights is that listen, if you people out there have been so hurt and psychologically damaged by this man, please do not delete any evidence, no. even if it makes you look bad, because yeah. it's a totalitarian of the patterns of behavior that they're looking at. What they did was deleting what this kid probably does all the time. But then you have to look at it from the kid's point of view. Why did he let Kevin stick his hands down his pants for three minutes? Was he bi-curious? What was, what, why didn't he stop him? What, what was the problem? Was he starstruck? Hey, right. listen, that kid only had to deal with that shit for a year. I know. And he finally came out and had the courage to tell his mother, and it was a long time. Well, he suffered, okay? Can you imagine doing that for 30 years? Right. I agree. 30 years? I know. What but, it does to you? But okay, think, but think about it. That's how dangerous this whole thing is. But Randy, it's Randy. It's about the people. It's not this case. It's about the people. People it is. that continue to live in silence. Yes, right. but, but Randy, it's also about both right now because the people are more important. I get that. I'm totally with you on that one. My point is that when we have when Kevin's name won't get besmirched because of this, it will be looked at as oh, he, they, they, it was they, people are already talking about that. It's like a money grab, right? That people are, they, they heard right. Kevin Spacey's name. You know, the, he was at this fucking restaurant. The kid was 18. He wasn't a child. He was 18 years of age. I mean, to Kevin's age, yeah, he's a fucking kid. But he's 18 he's years 18. of age. He's plying him with drinks. Absolutely, yeah. Was he starstruck? Absolutely, probably. But, like you just pointed out, and any lawyer worth his fucking salt on this earth, you just said, why? You asked the question, why did he have his hands down his pants for three minutes? Do you know what I'm saying? Nuts right were there. really itchy. <laughs> I, I, was, yeah. I was grabbing his colon. But the fact yeah. is, if his hand's down his pants for three minutes and he's you know giving him a handy under the fucking table at this Nantucket restaurant. checking his prostate? He could have been checking his prostate. He could have been doing a lot of things. But the fact is, he did it. It brings in the question, this trial is going to be damaging for your cause. Because right. Kevin... Is gonna look look. They bring back other assholes in Hollywood all the time. Mel Gibson, perfect example. Mel Gibson still works to this day. Well, he just said shit. It doesn't matter. He said some really right. bad shit. But it was verbal, and yeah. people forget. But physical. Yeah, but but, but prob- probably Mel Gibson is only working because he's financing everything. Right. That yeah, helps but he's gonna too. turn down money. Okay. Let's get real, okay? My brother should my brother should be out in in Europe making spaghetti westerns, okay? Yeah. He doesn't deserve to be a citizen on this planet because of forty years. And here's something else that really pisses me off: for forty years, he had people hiding the truth, protecting him, paying people off, 
and all of a sudden they all got a, a streak of a conscience and they walked away. Those people have to be culpable, too. Right. Don't they have a conscience or morals? What the fuck were they letting this guy do this for so long? Because it was the money, the money I was upset with my brother and that, and that I've completely changed my mind about him. You know, yeah. it's like this is just unbelievable behavior. Yeah. You know, he didn't have time to have a relationship with me. No, he's he was too busy doing, doing doing whatever this thing is he's been living, okay? Yeah. And it pisses me off immensely because I tried for so many years to to reach out and try to love him, and and unfortunately my mother and father just poisoned him against me. They said, "Oh, don't don't have a relationship with Randy. He'll want money, and he's going to tell lies in the future." And he took their advice and just dusted me. Yeah. Well, I can understand that. Okay. Kevin Kevin was the favorite. We've gone over this in the story that you've told yeah. in your in your book. Kevin was the favorite yeah. child. While you were taking the beatings, while you were getting sexually assaulted, while the, all that shit was going on, you were the one that was treated like monkey shit. Sure. And then and then because of all everything that's been released in the last two and a half years, it's it's allowed me to put in the final missing pieces that had question marks on them in this lifelong puzzle I've been doing on my family. Right. And be, I tried to protect my brother, but when I moved out in 1975, guess what? He was still living at home with my parents for five more years before he went to Juilliard. There's no doubt in my mind that something went on between them, but it's all about perception. Right. The perception of what my father did to me literally destroyed me for my first 40 years until I stopped living in silence, okay? My brother's perception on my, my father raping him must have been very, very different. And once he got a lot of money and power and kept getting away with it, his vice became his master, like I've said, and he would do anything to fill that appetite. And it's very sad that the man can't even talk on video camera unless he's trying to pretend like he's acting. Well, because you know, he, he feels he, he feels you know, safe for really somebody tragic, else. Yeah. You know. Well, Randy, by the he way, a, a lot of people are asking. Uh, the plug your book, the the book that you don't that you didn't make the money on, but you wanted to help the people out. Plug the book because a lot of people want to read your book now after listening to you. Oh, yeah, I think they'll find I think they'll find it very uh, interesting. Each chapter is its own tapestry for each reader. It's called A Moment in Time: Living in the Shadows. It's only available at Amazon uh, uh, Kindle, and uh, like I said, you don't even need their app. You just you know just download it and read it. And like I said, that's where I put that version of the book. I have a special version ready to go to the publishers with 888 photographs all laced out through the entire book, photographic evidence to go with the narrative. It's fascinating. It's so beautifully laid out. It's like a coffee table book. I am trying to earn the respect of a publisher that will say, you know what, we're going to publish this guy's book with all these photos, regardless of the cost, because the story is important and it's relevant for today's society. But that's what I'm trying it to understand. can help it's, someone. But that's what I'm trying to understand. And I'm asking everyone in this room, and I'm asking Randy on the phone, why would somebody not, especially with Kevin Spacey being connected to it in some way, shape, or form, even if it's just that he's your brother, do you understand? With all the bullshit going on with your brother... Why would someone, do you think, you know, do you think that maybe he's gotten to the publishers 
and maybe he's trying to sway them? I don't them? know. I, I think it really comes down to it, and it's, it's really tragic for me to have to say this. I think it all comes down to the fact that the publishers have to believe that they can make money off me. I think that's what it all comes down but to. How I don't would, even think my, my story matters. But here's I think my it's point. All about the cash. How would you not make money off of you, Randy? First off, you're an eccentric-looking guy. Automatically, so like, there's gonna oh, be. Oh, I'm, I'm like TV ready and rehearsed. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you're perfect to go on a fucking TV show and and hawk the book. That's number one. I am Tell trying to. I am trying to out. earn it. Okay. Yeah. I do nothing to advertise. I am not with me too. I am not with nothing. I am completely by myself trying to do it the the right way to where my motives for what I'm doing is all about love. I am not going to do anything. I have to wait for it to come to me. This interview with you tonight yeah. is a huge, huge, a huge thing for me. It oh, I really know. It really is, Eddie. And that's okay, because I love you, I'm Randy. trying to reach people to convince them that my book is worthy to get published in paper, okay, and that I am the perfect face for survivors of child abuse. Right. I am the fir- perfect yeah. one to you survive. be able to communicate yeah. to people because I speak the absolute truth. I try not to swear that much, but since I'm on your radio station, I get to fucking say anything Watch I your want. fucking language, okay. Randy! But, Tell you, you know, that's but that's the, mouth. But, but it's all about I am ready to help. Yeah, and, but I have to earn it. I have to earn it, and there's but nothing you... I can do. My brother just continues to fuck up, and I continue to do interviews. And I'm like, what's it going to take? What's it going to take for somebody to realize that my words can help people, and they've already helped right. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people? And the letters I get from people, they're like, "You're better than my psychiatrist," and I'm like, "Well, thank you very much." I just told the truth, even the shit that was embarrassing. Yeah. Okay, because it was important for people to grasp the true horrors of the child abuse that destroys your family, it destroys your relationships, your marriages, your jobs, your careers. It destroyed everything. And I embraced what happened to me to search for the answers. What about all the people that just shovel it under the carpet for 40 years? Right. Can you imagine the pain and the suffering they go through daily, doing the same shit over and over again and not understanding why nothing changes? Exactly. This is why my book is important, and I'm very proud of it. And the fact that it was edited by a clinical psychologist with 50 years experience dealing with people like me. Okay, it's a wealth of information, but I have to earn it. Okay, I agree, because I agree I'm with going you. up against one of the most powerful people in Hollywood, Kevin Spacey, yeah. and all his fans support him, even though these allegations and things are coming to light. Okay, that's what I have to fight against, right. and that's a lot of money and a lot of power. Yeah, but I, but, but I think also that you need to consider maybe fighting fire with fire. I to, to me because I want you to succeed. I want you to get your message out. I that's why I have you on my airwaves right now, talking to people, convincing people. Marcus just wrote me a note. He wanted to go get the book. He's going to go get the book. A lot of people writing me directly saying that they wanted to know about the book. You're 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 for them. Not for yourself, would you say it's not for yourself? And I agree with you. I know I know you. I know it's not for yourself. But for them, maybe you should go about it a different way, and maybe you should go fire you know, fire versus fire. Because they, to me, the only way you're going to get your message out in this 888-photograph you know, photograph book, the, the, uh, the tabletop there, the uh, coffee special table book, edition. the special edition book, 
is by going after your brother who's hiding behind the character on House of Cards and all the other bullshit because he can't be himself because Kevin was the one that's fucked in the head. But all the other characters, all the other people that live inside of his brain aren't fucked in the head. So he'll hide behind them and he won't. He'll just keep coming like the creature in your book. He will keep coming. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he could pay people off. Yeah, that money, man. Think about it. When you think about the movie Nightmare on Elm Street, you how do you know how you destroyed fucking Freddy Krueger? You stopped fucking being afraid of Freddy Krueger. Now I'm not saying that you're afraid of him. What I'm saying is that your brother and people like your brother. No, no, you know what? No, I'm not afraid of my brother. But I will say one thing: for the last forty years, I've seen him like five times, and maybe talked to him a dozen times. Every single time I've seen him or talked to him, I've always curved my tongue. I've always never said what was on my mind. I never did anything to provoke him in hopes that maybe he would want to have a relationship with me. Well, it turns out, even with all the international news that I've had about me and my book, okay, I still haven't convinced the publisher yet, but I still haven't heard from my brother. Why is that? Because he's a self-serving motherfucker, it seems. And he does not care about you. So if he doesn't care about you, fuck. I I understand you want a relationship with your brother, Kevin Spacey. I understand that that's what you want. No, there is no Kevin Spacey anymore. All that's Mm. left is Kevin Fowler. And he really ought to come on home. He he really should should stop all this bullshit. He should. He had a great run for 40 years. And and what he accomplished is amazing. Okay, And And he has a pile of cash and he's good. Okay, but... The karma, the karma on this planet for for doing what he's doing, I'm sorry, I I can't I can't accept it. Right. Okay. But I I'm trying to do what I can to help. But I'm not I'm not out to 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 cut my brother down or anything. I'm trying to get exposure to this particular pattern of behavior, and this is how pedophiles and and, and perverts think. Okay. People yeah. wake up. Open yeah. your mouth. Stop living in silence. Put a put a fucking stop this bullshit that's going on every single day, every minute of our life. Someone's getting abused. David, okay? Randy, I'm I... not trying to destroy Kevin. Kevin will destroy himself because do you realize that he hasn't changed his 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 activities since his court date. He is still going from college to college, crashing parties, yeah. looking for boys to pick up. Jesus. This is Teflon Spacey speaking. Oh, that right. that shit's got to stop. Because if I can make people aware of this person's doing this, if this is going on in your life, uh, don't you don't want to end up like me? So this having is, to waste forty years of your life until you finally got the right. got the courage to tell your 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 you know my wife now Trish exactly what happened to me and it changed everything. By I've the been way, with her for twenty five years now. My other marriages didn't last more than two. Wait, wait, hold on, wait. Okay, I, want, so, I want to congratulate you on your marriage. So let me t- tell me about Trish. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, tell me about sure. Trish. What what you, what you like? Where'd you meet her? Uh-huh. She. Uh, when I met her, she was a corporate banker in oh. business development, and she read an article in the paper about my graphics business and found me interesting. And as soon as we met, it was it was like Kismet. love at first sight. Unfortunately, I wasn't going to get involved with a married woman. So we said our goodbyes, and I, I never heard from her for about six months, and all of a sudden she showed up in my office and 
pretty much the first words out of her mouth was, guess what? I'm getting a divorce. I'm like, cool. And then Randy's you know, pants came so right I, off. <laughs> and then, Randy was like, I'm naked. Let's go. And then the sun came out. Yeah, I, I, was a, I, was, I was a happy guy. And like I said, from the beginning, I, I decided to, to do something that I had never done with any of my other wives, uh, any of my other relationships. Nobody knew shit, okay? And I decided to change that pattern of behavior and, and see if this woman would accept me for all the damage that has happened to me emotionally. And she took me and she saved me from myself. And she made me who I am today. She, she allowed me the freedom to find the truth. I bet you he sings Rod Stewart songs when he's having sex. <laughs> Like, if you want my body and you think I'm sexy. And then he walks into the... That's what I imagine. That's just me. But I well, also... That's okay. You go ahead and imagine that. That's an interesting fantasy. Thank you. You're also wearing the same jumpsuit he was in the video. Now, also, uh, I, I literally just came up with this idea. You should start a podcast yeah. where you sure. literally... Not, not one where you take fucking calls or anything like that. Record yourself reading a chapter... An episode. A chapter, an episode. Mm -hmm. Boom, boom. Tell the story that way. Audible. Get, yeah, like an audible. And get the book out there that way. And then more people might tune into that and get your message out there. And you'll be able It'll to learn. Help, and then yeah. the book will sell just from the kind of, not the sell, but you know what I'm saying. The book will get out there. Yeah. Because of, like, osmosis. Yeah, yeah podcast or Oh, yeah. The, the, the book sales have been uh, con uh, continuous trickles. Throughout yeah. the whole thing, and and that was exactly what I expected because that was my name in college. I have I have Trickle. not spent a dollar on advertising this right. book. I'm doing it through my interviews. Okay, for yeah. now, if someone approaches me and wants to completely set me up with with where I walk in and just do it, I'll be more than happy to. But I am not going to self produce. Uh, like like I said, do it on my own. No, right. I I want to be uh, I want someone to say, you know what, this, this guy's good. Well, we had to get him. We had to get a podcast for him, and let's just set it all up and let me go. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. Earning it. Okay, I'm doing this very quietly because this is a a, a subject that is now finally being talked in the media right. more consistently than it ever has been. I am not going to shoot my wad or do anything stupid. Hey, okay? I, I'm language. just trying to do what I think is, is right, and maybe this cast tonight will change my life forever. You're welcome. I'm hoping. You know. You're welcome. I, I'm, I'm glad that I could change your life forever. Uh, no, a, I'm hoping it will. I'm, I'm hoping that, that this, this cast will reach one person with the power to make something happen about what I'm trying to do right? and yeah. about this book. It's and only going to take one person. Say if we have somebody that's listening, say they want to get in touch with you to discuss, you know, like how you made your transformation. Like you said, you had support from your wife and all, but maybe they want to find out how they may they be talk able to, to you. go along yeah. and do the same thing yeah. you're doing. How would they get yeah, in no touch problem. with you? Yeah, no problem. I'll make it easy for them. Send it to my email, Randy B. Fowler at cable1.net. Randy B. And Fowler I, at cable1.net? That's correct. And, and I, like I said, every morning I, I'm having my coffee. I go through and answer my emails and scroll down Facebook to listen to all the snowflakes freak out over uh, 
shit that when I was a kid, we just gave him the finger. We didn't care, but now right. it's an outrage, you know? So that's always entertaining. Um, just scroll through that. He's like, um, Kevin's sending me dick pics again. God <laughs> damn it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. You, you, oh, no, that's, that's coming. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Sure. I don't want to see it coming. Um... Uh, what, I got two more questions just because somebody just brought okay. it up and I want to ask. Do you feel, you personally, that are you not jealous per se, but envious that your brother became a megastar and you you had the life that you lived? Like, would you want would you want the roles to be reversed? No, I don't because okay. what I did was I. I left no scandals in my wake, except three ex-wives, if you want to call them scandals. I, I tried we'll to live my them. life through being, being legitimate, okay? And I've never been very good with money. Um, I, I just, I live to, to do what I think is right. And now that things have turned out in the last 25 years for me, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade what I learned because now I can help an entire generation or two right. dealing with it. Okay, so I, no, I'm not, there was a time in my life when I was jealous, envious, angry, uh, pissed off, probably all at the same time. I can imagine. Okay? Yeah. About, about my family, about my brother, about Kevin, about how he just blew off the whole family except having some strange relationship with our mother. Okay, there was a time, but once... I started uh, analyzing the characters in my life and, and, and seeking the truth about their motives. It exposed all the truth about all these people. It was very easy for me to let go, not forgive them, but accept them for what they yeah. are. And it was very healing and cathartic for me to look at why the motives of somebody. Once you figure out the motives, then you can understand why the fuck they did what they did. You know how this whole thing started? Anthony Rapp and his motives on a fledgling TV show that's going to get canceled. You don't think that him and his agent sat together and go, well, we got to do something to revitalize you, sonny boy. Well, it turned out that in his past, he had an incident with Kevin, which started this snowball. That day, they fired my brother from House of Cards. Yeah. Okay? You know, and a couple of years ago, they actually shut down the entire production of House of Cards and sent my brother to a rehabilitation camp to stop being a fucking pervert to everybody. I mean, what kind of nonsense is that? And they, I, I don't know why they didn't fire him then. It must have been a contract. But once Anthony Rapp came out in his motives, well, guess what? His show seems to be doing fine now, doesn't it? Yeah. News for a second season. Okay? So it's all about the motives. But unfortunately, his motives, fortunately, exposed a bigger problem. My brother. Okay? And his behavior toward young children. That is unacceptable after the life I've lived, and I see it in his face. He looks like my father. He looks like the creature. Oh, it still gives me the eebie-jeebies when I see him on TV and that smug look showing up in court when he doesn't have to. Teflon Spacey again, here to make my, my appearance. You know, it's like, really? Why do you think he started delivering pizzas to the paparazzi or camping outside his house? Because he can't stand being away from the accolades and the applause. It's a drug for him. Right. You know what? 
Randy, and here's something else. Before uh, you have one more question, I know I'm sorry. No, you just you you, you kind of said it all. I don't know what else to say to you. I mean, you got to. But I, I do have one. Well, I have do one other thing that, that right. I think your 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 readers would, and your listeners would really appreciate. In my book, I talk about if my brother could just step away from his world and maybe experience life in a whole different life, like family, it could possibly change his outlook on the world. Well, guess what? In January of this year, I was called by the Boise Little Theater here in town to do a special guest appearance in 12 performances of a play called The Baker's Dozen. They, they specifically they let me write the ending. I wrote my own lines and everything came in there and sang a little bit and, and was all dressed up in killer outfits every single night. And I learned something about my brother those 12 nights on stage. It turns out there's two kinds of actors. One that appreciates the applause and the accolades, and the others who need it. It's like a drug. Yep. And I never knew that before because I'd never been on stage before, except beyond my drums. What the fuck? That's nothing. Okay, but when you're talking about being on a stage and acting where people are paying money to see you perform, I saw this past, and I could see who appreciated it, and who, who thought it was, like, it was like a drug. And a couple of them actually come up to me and are like, Man, you got more applause than I did. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. well, that's because I'm a celebrity here in town, you goofball. <laughs> you know, of course I'm going to get a I look like Rod Stewart, you dumb I can't, fuck. I can't, I can't go to the gas station without somebody wanting their picture with me, you know? It's like, I know what it's like to be famous, but you know what? I never let it go to my head when people come up and want to talk with me or take a picture. It's their moment in time. Yeah. I give them all the time and respect they want. Because I'm not some hot shot movie star. I'm just a regular guy that survived being sodomized by my father. That's it. Yeah, I'm just a regular guy now, okay? And unfortunately, I'm dealing with a family tragedy that involves a very famous and powerful man. Yep. My brother. Talk about cruelty in life. You know, well, why would God bestow such a heavy burden on me to, 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 to promote a cause? Yet my brother represents what I'm fighting. Right. It's, 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 it's a vicious circle, it's, man. It's heartbreaking. It, you know, I, I ache every day over it, okay? And I ache every day that my brother would finally have the courage and the spine to call me. You know? Kevin, why won't he call me? Kevin, call your fucking brother. God damn it. <laughs> you want to do it now? Yeah. <laughs> All right. But you guys it? are great. You know, you guys are really great. I love it when you guys call me. I you love Randy when everybody. Randy comes on the show. <laughs> Randy Fowler, everybody. Round yeah. of applause. Yeah. Uh, Randy, uh, we will talk to you at another time, but thank you for being on the show, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks a lot. See you later, Eddie. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Continued success. going to be calling us on the hotline, so I want to give him a couple minutes. Oh, he's calling us? He's, yes. Oh. If I was dying, see, this is what I'm saying. Leave the show to me, Joe. Oh, okay. <laughs> Joe's like, Andrew, like well, let, let me tell you how to do everything, Eddie. No, Joe, no, let don't me give do. me any information. Brother I, Alex going to love it. All right, shut up, because I think this is Tom McFarland. Hello, is this is the Ham Radio Show. Who is this? This is Todd McFarlane. How are you doing today? Yes. <laughs> the creator of Spawn, as well as That's countless it. other the man, comic books. The man and the myth. Damn right, he's an icon. How are you, Todd? How are you doing, sir? Well, we're not a myth. I'm phoning you right now. I'm real. <laughs> he's real. <laughs> he dialed the number. He got through. What the hell, guys? Yeah. Uh, all right, so... But How are you gentlemen doing today? Uh, we're All doing right. great. I have to say, Todd McFarlane, by the way, a, now a Guinness World Record holder. Uh, he has the, uh, what was the exact 
uh, what did they write exactly on your uh, your record that you broke? Uh, it, for the for the longest running creator owned comic book ever. There you go. Come yeah, on, yeah, round of applause on that. Yeah. Because this is. I, Emphasis on creator-owned. So I told that they every at the beginning people were using the word independent, but I go, no, I don't want independent on there because corporations can own independent companies. So I, I want I want creator-owned. Yeah, right. I want I want it to power to the people. That's Damn right. right, that's right. All right, let me tell you one thing about Tom McFarland. Tom McFarland, by the way, I heard this in an interview that you did uh, with Complex Magazine. He considers himself bilingual. Because he can also be thrown into a room like a corporate setting, and actually talk business with everybody. He can he can talk numbers, but he also wants to talk about his art. You know what I mean? But he can do it all. He's like the Swiss Army knife of uh, you know comic books and everything, and, and the industry in general. Because think about this also. He's also now going to be directing a major motion picture. Right. Spawn is coming back to theaters. It's going to be with Jamie Fox. Am I correct? As the lead title role, Al Simmons. Yeah, and uh, Jeremy Renner is one of the cops in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, and 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 look, I've been trying to get this thing off the ground. Uh, you know, I keep saying, "Hey, guys, you're missing it." I think that the audience is ready for dark R-rated comic book material. I, I think know, you yeah. can get serious and do dark R-rated comic book material, not Deadpool. I'm talking serious stuff, and they. They they pushed back. They kept saying, no, no, we think Spawn should be PG-13. I'm going, no, it's going to be dark, it's going to be ugly, and there's not going to be one laugh in the whole movie. And then, this weekend, a movie just did me a giant favor called The Joker. There and it go. just opened up, and it was like, and now every executive I'm hoping in Hollywood is going, oh, my God, we can sell dark, R-rated, serious comic book material, right? we got to go get more of it. And then I'll just come back in this week and next week and go, remember me? I've been saying this for two years, but now you've got money. You've you go. got money data that says that this movie that opened up to just less than $100 million and a quarter and just less than a quarter billion, that's with a B, yeah. billion dollars worldwide on a non-special effects movie, you can do it. My budget, my budget's $21 million, which is a $3 million contingency. So the production the production is eighteen million dollars. Surely, surely we can make our money back, and we can do half of the Joker, right? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, when 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 they look at the numbers, they go, "Well, we got to break even it up about a hundred, hundred and ten million globally." And so my my response is, "Okay, well, Aquaman did about one point two billion. So do you think?" Do you think we can do 93% less business than Aquaman? If you think we can do 93% less, well, then, then at worst we break even and we hit that number that you think that we've got to get global. If we do 93 less than Aquaman. So, and if I do half, if I do half what Joker is, everybody would be dancing naked. What are you talking about? Because we'll get a $40 million opening on a $20 million budget. Everybody would be dancing. See what I'm saying? So. It's corporate, Todd. Mm-hmm. Corporate Todd knows mm-hmm. how break it down for everybody. Do you uh, understand? Right, no, look, at, look I, I found out, although I'm an artist first, that you just you have to just tell them how they're going to get their money back, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then you talk to them about the art. Well, so, well that was the, on the art on the art side. They sh- they should be doing it anyway because because here's why they should be doing it on the art side. Good because it, because uh, if you if you want to do a comic book movie ladies and gentlemen let me break it down for you again if you want to do a comic book movie and you got a billion dollars and and you're a giant corporation 
or you're one of a thousand producers in Hollywood, or you're ABC, NBC, or one of the streamers, or one of the cable. So that's about 1,200 people that are looking for some kind of content in that city. Out of 1,200 people that are searching, everywhere from a small, low-level producer to a multiple companies that are worth billions of dollars, you're going to say, go get me... Go get me the, 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 the best available comic book property that's out there. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to look at the top 100 sales, because I'm president of Image Comics. We're the third largest in this nation behind Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. We do 70 books, so I see all the numbers. Yep. Of, the top, of the top 100 books, 96 last month, 96 of them were Marvel and DC. Now, that's actually good, and I'm going to tell you why. Because... Marvel's owned by Disney. They're not sharing those characters, ladies and gentlemen. And, and, and DC's owned by Warner Brothers, and they've never shared those characters. So if you're a billion-dollar corporation, you can't even get your hands on Marvel and DC. So you've got to take your black Sharpie, and you've got to draw a line through it. So 96 out of the top 100 are gone. That leaves four. Number one is, is uh, Walking Dead. It's already been sold. Number two, Spawn. I'm not giving it away right now because nope. I'm going to get the good deal. Number three, I think, was the Teenage Ninja Mutant Turtles and then Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Those are two pre-existing ones that somebody really owns. So that means you can't even touch a top 100 comic book, even if you got a trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. So you have to go. The earliest one you could get, I looked at the list, was about 112. So, so at 112, that's the first time they can get their foot in the door. I'm saying to them, I'll sell, I'll sell you Spawn because it's the only one that's in the top 100. Oh, by the way, last month it was the number one book in the country, beating out billion-dollar empire. I've got a handful of people that work for me, and I'm beating out billion-dollar corporations well, like Disney thing, and Warner you, Brothers. Todd, so that, that's the thing. I don't you get it. Out. I don't get it. I don't get it, dudes. If you want it, it's thing, this thing's sitting here. Ahead of all the others. Oh, one more fact. Yeah. This thing opened up to twenty twenty million dollars in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. When ticket prices were five bucks. If I get the same amount of people, and ticket prices are now about eleven bucks a pop, that means that instead of it being a twenty million dollar opening, it will be a forty two million dollar opening. And I'm asking for twenty. We will get you. 200% of your production money by the time you go to bed on Monday, 72 hours into it. See? Time to wake up. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. Well, so. but this is what, and this is what you knew a long time ago when you, Rob Linefield, Dan Fragger, Mark Silverstein, uh, Hope, uh, Eric Larson, a lot of the comic book greats left. Marvel, and you know, and you went over to DC. You told them we're not going to you either. We're starting our own company, and Image yep. Comics was born. And from that, you knew that you guys had the top-selling comics that were out there. You knew that you guys had the cool art that everybody wanted to see. You guys knew. You knew from the beginning that this was going to be a global phenomenon. And that's what you did. You created Spawn Number One all the way back in ninety-two or ninety-three. I don't even remember. No, it was ninety-two. Spawn, Spawn is the, the again. They haven't given me that award, but that's again his book of world yeah. record, the the largest selling independent comic book uh, for superhero. So I hold I hold that record. When I when I when I mean to tell you who the group of us were, the yeah, last Marvel that went and started Image Comic Books, it was it was uh, Jim Lee who did the X Men that was the largest selling book that was on a t- that had a uh, team player Phenomenal and had a writer penciler yeah. in it. 
the I, I was doing Spawn. That holds the record for the biggest sell, sales ever for a single issue for a, one creator because I was writing and doing the artwork, so I was the a sole author of it. We have the guy who created Deadpool, the what guy who created uh, uh, Cable. Uh, we had we had a hitter. We, uh, the other guy was drawing Guardians of the Galaxy. It was is it was this murderer's role. We all we all left because we wanted to basically go create our own characters. And within three months, we were the number two company. Our six books were outselling every single book that DC was doing. I think they were doing close to 100 titles that month. Our six books were outselling their 100. And, and, I, uh, and I had eventually, them all. eventually, we settled down to number three, and we've been there now for 25 years, 27 27 years since yeah. 1992. For 27 years, we've been the number three company. Yep. And, and I had them all. I had Youngblood, I had Spawn, I had Cyberforce, I had Wetworks. I had all the all the image titles were the ones that appealed to me because it was also an edgier read on a lot of the books, and the artwork was what we were longing for. It was the artwork that we were like, oh, the same guy that made fucking Deadpool is over here making goddamn Youngblood, and I'm going to see it, and then Spawn was a phenomenal storyline. So you you, you definitely shaped my childhood, Todd. Yeah, look, I, 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 I co-created Venom, right? So he goes yeah. off, he pops too. So again, there's there. And then we, we, we do other books after we basically get the ball rolling. And all of a sudden, we got a book called The Walking Dead, right? And The Walking yeah. Dead goes out and eventually, you know, the, the creator of that book, who's now one of the partners at Image Comics, goes and sells it. And that thing blows up, like, bigger than anything. Yeah, right? that's Kirkman, than right? anything Robert Kirkman. There. So, um, like... Okay, right? You don't again there there are ideas that they have to change. We have 22 of our books that have been optioned and or developed in Hollywood because like I said, they get locked out of all the Marvel and DC stuff, right? Marvel and DC is doing us a favor because everybody now has to go looking at company number 3 and down, right? And because we're the next stop because you can't get Marvel, can't get DC, we're we're, we're the next stop, we're the third biggest they're phoning all the time. It's a great look. Anybody that's listening to my voice, you got an idea. You think you want to put it in comic book form? Today is the day. As a matter of fact, this window of opportunity may not be here a year from now. It's now. It is. It is a complete seller's market right now. It's not a buyer's market. It's a seller's market because these billion-dollar corporations and all these thousand producers need content on TV, their streaming devices. On YouTube and in the movie theaters, they need they need content and they can't get it from Marvel and DC. No. So if you want comic book material, you got to get it someplace else. So and supply and put your idea. Yeah, put your pay, yeah. put your idea on paper. Get it down, Eddie. Come on, Eddie. You got a couple good ones. I'm oh, sure shit, you do. Dude, uh, Todd, I would if I could have a meeting with you. I swear to God, I would. I would literally sit here. I have a ton of ideas. Um, but the thing is, like, make it happen. I will totally make it happen. There are there are literally countless fans also that want to jump in and ask a whole bunch of questions. Uh, Robert Rennie in the Facebook live suite wants to know, Todd, you just did New York City Comic Con. What was the love reaction of Spawn? I saw a ton of pictures with you taking. A ton of people were dressed as cosplay with Spawn stuff. Uh, what did, did you feel the Spawn love when you were at Comic Con, Todd? Uh, you know, you know what we, I, I, you know, we had sort of a coincidental timing that the big 300 anniversary issue, and then 301 that set the the record that actually is on sale today, right? Today is Today's the day. day you can buy you can buy you can buy the record book. So between 
you know, New York Comic Con, we're right in between those two books. So yeah, and then with the Guinness uh, presentation, Spawn Spawn was a little bit of the buzz of the convention on the on the comic book end of it because there's a lot going on at those conventions. Uh, so. Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're getting a bit of a renaissance with the character after, you know, again, like I said, it's been 27 years, so he's coming back, uh, and I think people are getting excited about what we're doing in the book with, you know, sort of the history making with what's, you know, hopefully going to happen here with the movie, do some cool, like I said, dark R-rated adult creepy movie, and people are going, yeah, he's a badass, let's get back on the badass bus and and, and have a little bit of fun, because uh, look at I, I get I get why people go to the PG thirteen movies and there's lots of fun and they're yeah. a spectacle and if you're eight ten twelve thirteen they're even super cool but there's also a giant portion that go uh, of the audience that goes to those movies and uh, probably a bunch that are listening to my voice now yeah. that are over the age of seventeen that can go to R rated movies and I'm going guys I look at I don't I don't want to do a special effects extravaganza I just want to do some creepy, dark, messed up movie that when people walk out, they'll just go, that was the craziest shit that i ever seen. Well, like, I don't even know. Like, that was just, that was just crazy, man. <laughs> God, God bless he's on our side. So, well, that's, the uh, thing, that's it. That's the thing. It, your stories were the thing that keep people, you know, in, enthralled with Spawn. It wasn't just about all this, like, the, the splashy art and the, the super powered stuff that was great, and you know, making the deal with the devil and the whole coming back and the, everything yeah. that was wonderful. But the storyline is what kept everybody riveted. That's what kept people still getting the comic riveted for three hundred plus issues for you to be right. a record breaker is because of the story. So a movie, especially a lot of people in the Facebook live suite uh, talking right now, a lot of people, especially Alfred, he wants to know the time frame of the remake. But they can't wait to see the remake of Spawn because it'll be a darker, better R-rated, you know, yeah. fiesta. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even call it a remake. I'd, I'd call it a reinvention, right? I mean, it, it is. It, I'm not. I'm not trying to basically do a complete origin story. As a matter, and, and as a matter of fact, the script I wrote, Spawn doesn't even utter one word. He's just a. He's just a shark. He's like the boogeyman in all those good horror movies. Nice. He just comes, and he just messes you up. He didn't talk. He didn't tell you why he's there. He's just going to come, and if you're a bad guy, it's just going to be, and you're going to be gone off the screen before you know it. The, the shark's just going to swallow you, right? So, and he's going to make no apologies that it was that it was quite violent on the way out the door, right? So he doesn't care. So you want to mess with people. You want to cause innocent people pain. He is more than happy to basically say, I will return the favor of the pain back on you, right? Yeah. So, I, like, he doesn't, he doesn't, he, he, he's not a Boy Scout on any stretch of the imagination. And so, to me, it's just, I, I, I want this to just be heavy and harsh and just have people go, whew, good thing he's on our side, because I, I don't know that I go for a beer with that guy, because I don't trust him. But uh, thank God he's on our side, because that guy is going to mess you up, he's right? Fuck that guy you is going to mess you up. Uh, Anthony Baglis in the Facebook live stream wants to know, uh, Todd, why doesn't, uh, why don't you, I'm sorry, I, I got to learn to read. Why don't yep. you do a Netflix series featuring Spawn or any other title that you can think of? We've got it. Uh, I do have a couple ideas uh, that we're pitching to them. Some of them are actually sort of uh, spinoffs of the, in, in the, from the Spawn mythology. 
uh, and some of them are, are whole ideas. So we'll, we'll get there. Here, here's here's what will happen. Like um, you know, all this is just almost predictable. If I can get the movie off the ground, and if it can make the money that I think it will make, then all of a sudden I will turn into a genius overnight to them, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, so sure. all of a sudden, all those same ideas that were lame to them, mm-hmm. all of a sudden will become, oh my God, that's great, right? <laughs> so I've got, I've got dozens, I've got dozens of things that I've got teed up that I just, I've got to get spawned out the door, and then they're going to ask me for my next three to five ideas, and we'll we'll push those out real quick. And that's the way it normally works. It works the fact, like, it's always crazy until somebody does it. That's right. Then it's right. like, oh, right. shit. This is why, that's what I'm saying. That's why yeah. Joker did me a favor this weekend. Because, like, Crazy Man Todd saying that our dark movies with comic books will work, that that's not enough. They need to see it on a spreadsheet, and they just got their numbers. They just got their numbers. The phone's already been ringing this week because yeah. people saw it, and they're going, uh, is that spawn thing still available? Right, because <laughs> they've got it. They've everybody's got to now search for like-minded material, right? Just like when when Crazy Rich Asians comes out, they've got to come up with ten versions of that sort of material. And if it's a comedy or if it's a uh, you know a, a kids cartoon that has you know elephants, they they they're very good at replicating. Uh, once somebody shows them that oh, there's a way yeah. of doing something that actually works. It's so. an assembly line thing that they normally do. If one thing works, they just go, hey, can we get the same version? Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hit, and they became like Street Sharks and Biker Mike from yeah, uh, Bikes right. from Mars. And it was all yeah. just weird animatrophic things. Um, yeah. I have a personal question. Uh, sure. You have a legendary, legendary series on HBO called, guess what, Spawn. Uh, and it was yeah. on HBO. Why did that ever go away? Uh, from my perspective, yeah. you know, maybe, 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 maybe you'd get a different answer. But from my perspective, uh, it, was, it was on HBO. We came on on Fridays. We won two Emmys in the three seasons, won a couple Emmys. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so it was well received. People still to this day, just like you, talk to me about it. It's an and that was show. that was that was that was R rated. That was harsh, if you remember. Yeah. It had every single warning. But remember, before it started, there was the five warnings, right? Yeah. It was like drugs and violence and nudity, nudity and whatever, yeah. like everything, every every possible warning on there, and and it still worked. And plus, it came out at midnight, which is a cool time. Um, but we. Uh, HBO had started an animation uh, studio, and I believe at that time they, they they started with like five shows. Okay, Spawn was one of them, and then and then as each one of them didn't perform and or failed, then what they do accounting wise is they just move the budget and the overhead of the failed one onto the budgets of the existing ones. Right? Yeah. So all of a sudden. There was five, and then four, three, two, one, and pretty soon mine was the only show that was still standing, and I was getting numbers put on my budget that I had nothing to do because of the failings of some other show. So my budget, quote-unquote, had doubled, even though I didn't get twice the money, but on paper my budget had doubled. And so they do this math where they go, hey, you know, the number of people watching it per dollar and 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 I and I go. Why why do I got to pay the sin of the of the shows that basically didn't work? Yeah, I'm but succeeding. Just, why it's do just I? How, it's just, it's just how accounting goes, right? They it just it just they have systems in accounting. So 
it was it, those other. My guess is those other shows were successful. Spawn yeah. would have had a nice, healthy, long run because I would have had the budget they were all comfortable with. Sure. So. It, 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 what is crazy about Todd's career? By the way, we're talking to Todd McFarlane, comic book icon. Uh, creator of Spawn, Guinness uh, World Record holder, as well as now we just found out Emmy winner uh, as well. Uh, and Grammy. And I got Grammy. Grammy he's almost got the EGOT. Yeah, he's he's getting is. close to the EGOT. Um, yeah. Todd, your career literally, it, it, it could be summed up in like what we just talked about where you said if when we were saying that if, if before somebody does it, it's crazy. But when you when someone actually does it and establishes it as not crazy... It works, and everyone else goes, oh, Todd's a genius. Perfect example was your, because I, I, I literally have done my research, because I'm a huge fan, and I, I remember you talking and having a philosophy that you just wanted to make things sexier and cooler with, like, Spider-Man, for instance. And they gave me shit for that. Again, you know, we haven't even touched on, I own a toy company. Yes, I've been following Farley Toys. Right, so that was just looking at the toys and going, I think, we, you know, when I started 25 years ago, saying, I, I think we can make toys cooler, right? The toys yeah. were out in the marketplace were were were, were quasi-pathetic to, to my artistic eye, to my collecting eye. Yeah. And I just go, I think, I think there's a way to do this better. And we, you know, although the big Fortune 500 companies basically said, Todd, little boy, you know, you don't know what you're doing. And and let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, making plastic items is not complicated, right? They companies always want you to think that what they're doing is complicated. Making plastic figures is not a complicated thing. Um, the the you know your 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 biggest hurdle is just trying to get them on shelf. But once we got them on shelf, then they did what I thought they do, which is sell because people went, oh my god, those are pretty cool, and yeah. it's a fair price. And even though I didn't have uh, you know, Marvel or DC or Star Wars or any of the big brands that people could see that they were getting a quality product at a fair price and and way more plastic. I gave them way more plastic in, in detail. And and people said, okay, cool. And now fast forward 25 and there's probably two dozen companies that did that do what I did, you know, and I started to do a couple of years ago. So now there's there's hundreds and hundreds of cool looking figures out there where when I started, I bet there was four that I would have collected at best, yeah. and now there's there's hundreds of them out there. But the same thing, they said, you can't do this. Who's going to come? Why would older people want to buy you know this kind of product? And and so I, I I've constantly had to spend my own time and effort and money and money uh, yeah. and just go. Well, then I'll just start my own company and I'll just do it. And if I fail, then it's on my own merits. And uh, and and so here we go. I I, I wish I had all the money this to do the movie because I would just go and film it myself, but I don't. So now you have to make sure that the people who are putting in money, you know, feel comfortable that they're going to get their money back out. Uh, but, but you're right until somebody shows them that it's successful and, and, and there's the success part of it. And there's, there's where I go back to use the word bilingual that, that when you're walking in a room with business people, the reason you have to have a certain level of success is not because you want to get rich and famous, although if that happens, cool. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah. It's, it, yeah, cool, whatever. But that's not that's not the no. goal. The goal is to just do good art. And if you do good art, I think the byproduct of it is that it just sells, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what happens in business is people go, we want to make a million bucks. 
what kind of art do we want to do? I actually look at it the opposite. If I do good art, the million dollars will come. Absolutely. Um, and so, so, so what they, they do is they go, Todd, it's not going to work. You can't do this. You can't do that. And then, and then I go, well, I'll spend my own time and effort and money on it. Don't worry about it. And then you go and show them. And then all of a sudden they go, ah, and then they have the big giant machines that can replicate it way better than I can. And then they steamroll over you at some point. Although we're still in Walmart and Target. So yeah. it's not like the big giants. You know, the, at times people ask, like, Todd, when you take on the big giants, Marvel, DC, whatever, uh, Hasbro, Mattel, uh, you know, like, you know, what, what kind of dent do you try to make in them? And, you know, and, and, and my answer is like, I, I look at, I'm, I'm David. They're the Goliath. They're not only are they a hundred feet tall, they're a thousand feet tall. They've got the billions. They've got the the marketing. They've got the people. They've got the power. They've got the shelf space. They've got everything, right? The question isn't how does little tiny, minuscule little David do anything to det- that's detrimental to the big corporations, the, the the Goliath. The bigger question is how can the giants not kill David? You're a thousand times bigger than me. You got a million times more money. You got way more reach than I do. How is it that in 25 years you guys can't squish me? And the answer is, ladies and gentlemen, if you're ever going to go to war, and I war every single day of my life, if you're ever going to go to war, find the weakness of your enemy. And here's the weakness of big corporations. I'm going to make it simple. The weakness of a big corporation is they're big. And when they're big, yep. they move slow. They move slow. Big move slow. Just If you don't believe me, watch football. They put the biggest guys on the line, right? The wide receivers are off to the side. They run downfield. The big guys don't run downfield. So I'm just a wide receiver, and they're offensive linemen. I can run circles around them. They're not fast enough to put me out of business. So I can make decisions artistically. I can sit with retailers at stores, uh, has, uh, at uh, Walmart and Target, we can have a discussion. We can come up with an idea. I can go back to my office, and within 48 hours, if we can do it, I'm not saying we can do everything, but if we can do it, we begin in 48 hours to actually start literally doing the projection and the, and the, and the, and the actual product itself. We start actually doing the development of it within 48 hours. The big company... If you come up with a big idea, we'll take two weeks to be able to coordinate enough people to come to the meeting to even ask the question <laughs> as to true. whether they can even do what it is that I'm already two weeks into doing. Todd's and that's that's yeah. the value. That's the value that I bring is that, is that small companies are way, way, way more nimble. And one more thing, ladies and gentlemen, yes, change will always come from the outside. It never comes from the inside. Right so on. just ask, right ask IBM why they didn't create the iPhone. Right. Right? It, was some guy, it was some guy in a garage who created the iPhone, yeah. not IBM, right? So. All right, so we got McFarland Toys because we got to wrap this up. McFarland Toys for all your fucking outstanding action figures and everything else you need that. Spawn 301 out today. He is the man. He is not just a myth because he's on the phone right now. Okay. He is a legend, though. He is an Emmy winner, a Grammy winner, and an, he holds the world record. He is, without question, he is Todd McFarlane. He is legend. And he's also very smart. And, Todd, on a personal note, it is an honor for me to have you on my show. You are definitely somebody that I have learned a lot from, whether you know it or not. I have sat under the learning tree 
of you. And let me tell you, I've learned a lot, sir. And I want to thank you personally from me to you. All right, Eddie, I appreciate you giving me the time today. It's always a pleasure to be able to talk to good people. Absolutely. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause. Todd McFarlane. Thank you, sir, for being on the show. All right. You guys do well. Thank you, sir. Todd McFarlane is an outstanding man.